Shields up, Ironbreakers. We're kind of here coming at you with another episode of the Third Fleet Podcast. I believe that this is episode 29. I'm not 100% sure because days are beginning to meld into weeks, into months. Like, I don't know what is going on right now because I've been live streaming so friggin' much these last couple days, both on Twitch and on YouTube. So many things. This is the week of E3, or this was the week of E3. Actually, I think that today might have been the last day. And uh, as such, you can expect a discussion around E3, but naturally, we're also going to be bringing it back to Monster Hunter and Stories 2, and me and Gaijin are most likely not going to agree on a lot of the topics that we're going to be talking about today, so sit tight, and if you have something called a girder, don't worry, we got all your sodium right here. Did I, did I get that right, Gaijin? I yeah, know. I think so. <laughs> it's going like to be a salt. it's going to be a salty but fun one. I, I feel like I'm still kind of like wired from all of the E3 news and all of the stuff that is happening, but it oh, also yeah. might have to do with the fact that I was playing Final Fantasy Origins of the Stranger. I was trying to kill chaos on hard difficulty and not having a good time, but we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to kill chaos. <laughs> chaos is, is as good as dead. I'm going to kill him. Kill is what I'm going to do. He will die. I will kill him until he dies of it. The and best. I will kill him again. I will slay him. You know what the best part oh about that God. was? Is that, that that chaos, chaos was actually winning from the very start because the demo didn't even work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but... but now, what on, is this? On, this chaos. Okay. On, on a more serious tone. So, uh, have you been following up with E3 as well? A little bit at I least? I shop at Uniqlo. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get to that. We will. Yes, I've, I've been for sure. <laughs> so I've been. It's it's really interesting E3 because I'm in Japan time zone, and so most of the shows are when I'm asleep. So I wake up to a lot of recaps, and um, mm. I do have to take into account that I also have a lot lower expectations than probably 99% of everybody out there for various reasons we'll get into. So. Um, I'm not staying up late nights to watch these things. So there's there's less for me to be invested in and disappointed in when I read and say, oh, okay, they shut off that. Like it's it's a little bit more casual for me. But yeah, I've been keeping up with some of the stuff, except I did not see the Take-Two conference, which I heard was just like not even a game conference apparently. I don't know. I have to see he, it. But yeah. Uh, so let me, let me tell you about what was um, Monday at E3 because I did not stream on Monday except for the Capcom press conference. But Monday at E3 was extremely interesting because I tuned in every now and then and every single time I tuned in, they were either talking about cell phones or uh, something else that I had no idea what it was. And it, it was just basically a bunch of people talking. There were almost no trailers and almost no gameplay throughout the entire day. It was insane. Like, I, I would literally tune in and I would be like, what is this show that I that we're supposed to be watching? Like, what happened? Like, what happened to E3? I really don't understand. It was super weird. Interesting. Well, I mean, I think Jeff Keighley knew what was going on. So he's like, this year is going to be a weird one. People are behind. Next Gen launch is behind. Hell, Unreal 5 just came out for developers as far as I know. Yep. So he's probably like, there's only going to be a few really good announcements outside of first party. So he's like, I'm going to scoop them up and I'm just going to make one show Yep. <laughs> and I'm going to drop it and that will be all it. So I think that's what yep. he was alluding to in some of his tweets is that I got the only scoop and we didn't need to do a show this year. Booyah. So yeah, um, I thought that Jeff was Keighley, 
Jeff Keighley just basically slam dunked everybody else in the industry. By like, by the way, I'm going to make the most important announcement of E3. And that's Amazing. what you get. <laughs> yep. And then I'm going to, I'm going to leave. He actually co-streamed the, uh, the Microsoft one, but there was some weird stuff about live streaming because like, um, ESA was threatening to copyright, um, not, not copyright that, um, DMCA. DMCA to DMCA content creators if they streamed their their thing. So I actually checked it's... with Capcom before, like, is this going to be okay? Can I stream this? They said yes. So I was like, okay, then I'm going to co-stream it and stuff. And then there was the thing about Nintendo Japan telling people you can't co-stream this. Yeah. And then Twitch came out and said, you can't co-stream the Nintendo thing. You know what I did? I co-streamed it. Ridiculous. And guess what? The world didn't end. <laughs> I, I got to give props to, who was it, Square Enix? They had two, apparently, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard that they had two versions of their stream. It one wasn't, was um, one without licensed music and one was with yeah. licensed music. So for people who wanted to co-stream, that was super thoughtful. Like that It wasn't awesome. just uh, Square Enix. Ubisoft did the same thing, but they didn't send out that's an awesome. email. What ended up happening is I'm not even sure uh, if it was like a, a Square Enix thing or a Ubisoft thing or whatever. I think it was a Twitch thing because the, the link that they would give you was uh, the link to the Twitch gaming broadcast. So it was Twitch themselves that was doing it. Um, but mm. I thought it was completely ridiculous um, the, way that, the way that some of that stuff went down. Because like, for instance, for the large portions of the Square Enix presentation, there just wasn't music. So the trailers uh. made no sense. During other parts, there was simply no sound whatsoever. So you would just be watching an image with no sound. And I was like, what is going on? What uh. is this industry now? And then for so has a- the, the Ubisoft one, there were just like huge swaths of the presentation where they would loop the same rock music over and over and it was not a necessarily good music either, but they would just be uh, looping and looping and so bad. Jesus, man. Yeah. When is the industry going to wake up and realize that it's getting ridiculous, you know? Um, yeah. If you can't, what's the point for an artist? Because I can't imagine most of the artists give a shit. Like, I'm oh, sorry, no. I'm trying not to swear it's, today. Actually, it's because, the labels. I mean, their their exposure is getting worse because of it. And that just yeah. sucks because I'll tell you, there's so many times I saw a meme or heard a song inside of a, you know, during a, a, a thing. And then I looked them up and I bought a CD. You know, yep. and now it's now, now it's like, <laughs> who knows? But Maybe we'll you wanna, see the, the grand return of elevator music. I don't know. Do you want to know one of the, one of the interesting things about the screen? And by the way, I, I feel like I'm maybe jabbing, uh, at Square Enix. That's not really my intent. I'm not trying to jab at Square Enix, but I think that there was some, some weird stuff that happened in that presentation because some of the stuff that they muted because of licensing was like final, final fantasy music. Oh, and I was just like, Ouch. I don't understand how this makes any sense. Like, you have the license for this. You, you, They even give that license to creators. Like, if you go to the Square Enix website, they actually have, like, something there that lets you play Final Fantasy music if you're doing Final Fantasy content. So, so they just straight up the, let you do th- So I really don't understand why they would censor their own Final Fantasy music because it just does, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know if there's, like, Are, maybe some think, internal do you department. Think they're just... No, do you think they're just paranoid that like systems that have auto detection are going to go rampant and they don't want to deal with the customer service of people emailing and calling them and saying, hey, I got a strike or I got this warning, what the hell? And they're like, it wasn't us. Yeah, that that might actually be the case because uh, to give you an idea, um, you know that Final Fantasy VII 
remastered integrate episode intermission <laughs> came out. <laughs> you hear that title? It's, it's too early in the morning for this. <laughs> okay, but it's it's the Yuffie episode. You've heard about this, right? There's a DLC coming yeah. for the Yuffie character. Um, so that came out, and uh, Square Enix was kind enough to give me a code for that. So I streamed it, and uh, you know I thought it'd be fine because you know you're streaming Final Fantasy VII. It's not a big deal. That video got claimed for the Final Fantasy VII main theme. Wait for it. Wait for what? it. By Sony and Warner Chapel, and I was just like. What? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> this licensing stuff is going way too far. How does Warner Chapel own the Final Fantasy VII main theme? I need to understand this. <laughs> or Sony. You know, the, only w- the only way this is going to change, I think, and it's, this will never happen because it's people's jobs and livelihoods, so they don't have the ability to do this, but something like a union strike almost, where I think content creators need to just say you know what we're not going to cover your stuff anymore until you until you get go up to plate and figure this out because we are being hindered and then all of a sudden you stop getting exposure and owned media and it's like maybe they'll actually get off their asses and and try to figure out a solution and you know it's the most hilarious thing this this right here is going to be a joke that i think most people in here won't even believe but i can guarantee you this is the truth we're talking about triple a companies right with a lot of departments to handle all of this licensing stuff right there's this little indie game that i love i adore the team behind this game um i believe the name of the team is double damage games they do this game called rebel galaxy and so uh, a while ago they they did a sequel to rebel galaxy was called rebel galaxy outlaw and um i think this is a team of like three people or something like that two three maybe five maybe five people total and they basically have like actual music, licensed music. Like we're talking, I think the, the, the band is called Blue Saracino, right? So it's like this old timey rock. It's, it's really cool. It, it really fits like this um, space trucker vibe that the game gives you. And they just straight up said, okay, listen, we licensed this. You guys can use this. There's a couple of musics in the game that are not licensed, but we have an option for you to just say enable streamer mode or whatever and you're good to go <clears throat> and you can use all of these no problem and these are actual music that you will hear in the radio and this small ass team just sorted this whole thing out so that Figured nobody has to deal and it's like how does this small like five person team or whatever solves this problem and these big triple a publishers can't solve this licensing issue i honestly don't understand i really don't it doesn't make any sense to me it's it's so dumb yeah but yeah we can talk to her blue in the face but i think everyone agrees on on that i think that's the one thing we will agree with today (laughs) dmca issue is a serious issue for publishers i think like if you can't get what they call owned media or earned media which is like people just generating content for you for free because they like it and they're fans yeah if you start losing that that's gonna hurt and that's what's gonna happen because people can't make videos on games if they keep getting strikes and claims and stuff and it's just yeah. really unfortunate for the artists as well devolver digital i think was also the the guys behind outline miami were also really good about that stuff and making sure that that stuff worked out but yeah it's it's been insane but um uh. 
So the the first the first thing that we had with E3 was the summer uh, games game fest, which I watched. Mm. I don't remember every single thing that was announced there, but I remember the most. You, important re- you remembered one, one thing. <laughs> I remember the most important one, which is the most important thing of this whole E3, and that is that we got gameplay for Elden Ring, and oh my god, I'm so hyped! I love it. I friggin' love everything that I saw in that trailer. It looks friggin' amazing. The one thing that is still kind of like up in the air that we still don't know is whether or not it's going to have PvP like Souls games tend to have, which to me is not really a big deal, but I know that for a big portion of the Souls community, like they love that PvP experience and they're really into it. So I hope that it also has PvP as well. Yeah, I haven't read all of them, but there's been like a bunch of interviews after that announcement that have gone into more clarification on a bunch of stuff. So I don't know, maybe they've touched on that or maybe they haven't. I've um, I've actually read the IGN interview earlier today on my stream. And I, th- I think there's only actually two interviews, which was IGN and Famitsu. The Famitsu one mm. I didn't see because I don't speak Japanese. That would have to be you. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> looks like I got homework to do. Yeah, but um, I, I did see the IGN one, and then it seems like all of the other like articles about the interview they were based Already off has. of the IGN uh, interview. Oh, yeah, but um, it, it's what like a showing though, huh? Yeah, what a showing that was I've, like not even like don't even give me a taste. That's like giving me the first course of a meal. That was delicious. So you're you're excited for Elden Ring, I believe, right? Hell yeah! <laughs> like people, people may be surprised to find that I like the from software games, but I mean, I recently did what Dark Souls, uh, one, two times. I beat I, I did it two or three times. Well, actually, a lot more than that. I played that a lot recently. I've beaten Dark Souls three. I bought a piece PlayStation four for Bloodborne. That was my first from software kind of game. Dude, Bloodborne, uh, and so I beat good. that. Uh, Dark Souls three, Sekiro. I beat after having a really hard time uh so i'm fully on board i can't wait and it seems like it's just it's like they're taking the best things from all their games up until now and they're adding in secret sauce and trying to shake it up a little it just seems at least from my perspective this is exactly what people wanted and it had all the right vibes all the right troops are still there but there's things in there like what is that you know like yeah, there's some there's some quirky stuff in that uh, in that presentation. Like uh, I think that some people missed out on the fact that the horse actually does a double jump to give you an idea. Yeah. I was like, whoa, what is this? And then you can jump off of the horse and do like an aerial attack, and your character can actually just straight up jump. Which I know it doesn't sound like a big deal, right? Your character can jump, big deal. It's like, yeah, this it's is only the deal. second like, from software game in which your character can jump. It's actually kind of a big deal. Yeah, and they nailed it on Sekiro. So I mean, I have every yep. faith that this game is going to just blow us away. So the release timing is really nice. I like the uh, it's the world slot, late January. I think it's a perfect perfect time slot um oh man yeah i'm, I'm gonna be on that one day one for sure and that is, come on that little pot with the hands that what, enemy what is, is it, what adorable is it about that, what is it with that pot i didn't think that pot was anything special but the community's been like blowing the, up about that pot that's like the one thing that stuck in my head when i saw it. i was like oh my god it's a pot with hands yeah it's cute people, people are calling him vase boy <laughs> <laughs> And you yeah. see stuff like you see stuff like bonfires. You see, you know, when when they say connected world, you know what they mean. And it's not like 
some huge Western open world game. And so I'm just, but no, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be much bigger than any other uh, souls game that we've seen. Cause it's going to have, uh, according to that IGN interview, it's going to have like six areas. They're all going to be connected. And my suspicion is that all of these six areas are surrounding that tree. So you always have that point in the middle, which is the tree. I think that's, what's going to kind of like be the thing. So you see the tree to your left, you're on the right side of the map and, all of that stuff. I think it's going to be very interesting that the way that they. I mean, work on outside that. of outside of scope, though, isn't that functionally how Dark Souls One was pretty much structured? Yes, Dark Souls One was very much an interconnected world, but I think the just the the scale of this world going be is crazy, going to yeah. be very different. You're going to have a lot more wide open areas instead of just like the narrow pathways that we're used to in most Souls games. So. It, I'm going to be very curious because it's going to be interesting to see Miyazaki's take on an open world because you know that we're not going to be, oh, climb up to the tower. Hey, look at all those objectives you've unlocked. That This is not a Ubisoft open world game. Like, yeah. forget about it. There's going to be something different. Not it's just going to be like, special. It was like the wording they're using, the text, the voice acting, everything screams this is in all names. This is like by blood, their their next main title. Like, like it feels from software soulish you know it feels like miyazaki so the, um and and the thing is in my opinion that's when from software is at their best is when they're working on mm. brand new ip that's when they're at their best like i don't think they their sequels have the same pedigree as the the first time that they covered that ip i think it's always yeah. new ip for them always works better and it's good because miyazaki himself has, has said in interviews that like i don't want to be you know just like rehashing dark souls and bloodborne until the end of my days i want to make new things and that is cool yeah. because that is where they well, shine live is limited and creators only have so many games they can logistically make in their time so it's good to let their creative juices flow so to say mm-hmm. So, I'm, yeah, I I'm could super not be pumped more. I'm totally it. on board. <laughs> we'll, we'll, once we get more details, like like more concrete details, we get we'll have to do an Elden Ring specific podcast because the DNA from these types of games, I think, echoes the DNA that we res, we respond to in Monster Hunter. They're not the same oh, game; yeah. they're very different. But there there are. It's almost a spiritual thing, like how. The, it, it does feel that they you are know. some somewhat connected for sure because I vibe with one, I vibe with the other, and the, it, it always seems that most people that enjoy one they tend to enjoy the other one as well, which is why I'm so surprised. Like, do, do you know who Epic Name Bro is? Oh yeah, Epic Name yeah. is awesome. I love him. So for some strange reason, I can't understand why, but Epic Name Bro he loves Souls, all things Souls, obviously. Uh, he can't play Monster Hunter. He can't get into it. But I, I suspect, because and, and I've told him this. I don't know if you read it during his stream, but I suspect that it's that thing that we all have that when we play Monster Hunter for the first time, it doesn't click. And I think that's yeah. what happened to him. He started playing World like he killed Rathalos with the Insect Glaive, which is not bad for someone who's who's. I mean, he killed in the during the beta. You remember that you had to like actually chase after Rathalos, so he killed him with an Insect Glaive. And it, that's not bad for someone who that's his first game. Like I struggled to to kill Rathalos in World, so yeah. I mean, in the in the beta, in the beta, being <laughs> yeah. Now what? Now what? Some from software needs to do, and they won't. But it doesn't matter because we'll have it on YouTube anyways. Is we need to have not even like a director's commentary video where the director is talking throughout the whole all the cutscenes. 
they just need to get find a way to get Vadi and get him integrated into the game, like a special mode where you only hear him talking as he play as you play the game. Because I love that man and his videos. Oh, so I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to Vadi as much as I'm looking forward to the game. Okay, we'll put it that way. <laughs> like he is a fe- he's a feature. You could put him on the back of the box. That that would actually be interesting, like a lore run mode or something like that. That would actually, yeah, that would be a very I interesting really like, thing for them to do. Yeah, I like his stuff a lot. Yeah, yeah, Vadi Vadi is also awesome. But um, yeah, for um, Summer Game Fest, I feel like Elden Ring was the biggest thing. Uh, some mm. of the other things that were announced there, I feel like they were also talked in other conferences, at least the most important ones. We obviously had a section, uh, a segment with Kojima because Jeff Keighley has a bromance with Kojima and every show that Jeff Keighley <laughs> makes, Kojima always makes an appearance. Can I, just, can I just note how funny and ironic it is that when they were... And I'm not meaning this is a bad jab. It's just funny. They made such a point for Death Stranding that it was directed by, edited, unabridged version of the, the pure vision of the director, Kojima. And now they're coming out with the director's cut, which generally <laughs> means that their vision was compromised and they didn't get to do everything they wanted to do. Why did they choose the word director's cut? Because it's film language, probably, and he's a film nut. But it's just kind I of funny. Know. Because it's like... They, they, that was the whole marketing message was this is him unhinged. And now they're like director's cut, which I'm sure is going to be great. Um, but it's just really funny. It's like, you know, that man has never had a, an editor. He's allowed to carry on cutscenes as long as he wants. So it's like, wait, if you have even more content for your cutscenes, this is going to be a movie. Why don't you just make it a movie mode? Game plays itself and you just watch it. <laughs> no, no, I would no, do no. that. I, um, I actually am one of the few people that really enjoyed um, Death Stranding. Uh, because there's um th- there's a lot of people that didn't like it and i understand why i i talk about that in my review it's it's one of those games that is not for everyone it is straight up not for everyone yeah. but i have this this thing that i like to do which is in space games i love playing space games and then just hauling cargo you know it's like being a space trucker like i like that yeah. figuring out okay if i if i buy this thing here and i take it over there and i sell it i can make a profit and in a lot of ways death stranding had similar things to that because you know you're carrying all these packages back and forth you the only yeah. difference is that instead of a spaceship you're just a dude and you're just a dude, a dude carrying yeah. stuff from from one side to the other but it also had some interesting social aspects i don't know if you actually played that stranding or not yeah i played through most of it and then i watched the, the last final cutscenes. but i played a quite a big chunk of the game and it was it was quite interesting i thought there yeah. was some it's one of those artsy games. It reminds me of Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. It's like it's not a game for everybody. It's trying to do something very abstract, but when it clicks, it's like that was okay, that was that was cool. I like what yeah. they did there. So I talked about my most important thing from the from E3. Why don't you tell me something that really stroke your fancy? Oh, we haven't even talked about E3 yet. You've only no, talked about the I Summer mean- Game Fest. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just bundle it all together. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, let, let's just say that it's all together. Okay. So, sure. Jeff Keighley stole the show a little bit with that, but let's just say that it's all E3. All of these things that happened the past week is E3. Okay. Um, I'll start with the surprise, which was Slime Rancher 2 announcement. That has me so excited. I was not expecting it. It looks great. It's next year, which is great because I don't want anything coming out this year. 
because uh, we'll get to the, the 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 big game of the show, of course, for me. But Slime Rancher is one of those games that I absolutely adore, and I've played it through several times with Yuna. So we it's, were hyped as hell when we saw that. It's funny you say that because when I saw that the the Slime Rancher thing. I remember thinking to myself, because like I, I immediately even forgot that that thing came out because it's not a game that I'm personally interested in. But when I first saw it, I was like, I think Gaijin likes this stuff. I seem to remember him talking to me about this Slime Rancher thing. So he's probably going to be happy about I this. I adore the game and the team behind it are great. So like, huge congrats to them. They had a great feedback. It looks fantastic. It's cute overload and the world needs games like that. It's just, it's just. Dumb. like it's always on sale like i i'm not getting paid by from them but like seriously just like buy it if you're interested on steam or something it's so good yeah but so, uh, you know was excited for that and that was during the xbox conference which was quite frankly fantastic that was a really good show i was expecting you know first party shows to be really good because it's been a it's been a it's been a hard time, obviously, with last year, this year, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. They were trying to launch Next Generation. They're having shortage issues still. It's it's a tough time to be a first party. So, I mean, Xbox has been killing it with their their Netflix of gaming, and I'm I'm a happy subscriber, but um, it's just, Sony just put the tail behind their legs and ran away from E3. Uh, but MS, I think they nailed it. I think they had a really good show they showed great variety and i think it was one large advertisement for game pass and because they own so many studios now uh, i think they have like 15 studios and like eight other ones with the whole zenimax one i think it was good um and the variety there like there was shooting and stuff and then there was kids games and family games and artsy games and indie games it was a little bit of everything i thought it was a really good good show i'm what not um I'm not really invested in the Xbox ecosystem because like I told you, I I don't want to consume my video games like I do Netflix. Like I want to own, you never really own it nowadays. It's always a license, but you get the point. It's like, yeah. I don't want them suddenly like, oh, I want to go play this game. And it's like, oh crap, it, it left the service and now I can't play it anymore. Well, I never want to have that think about thing. it. Here's a way to think about it then. Um, this is how I thought about it originally because I'm also the same. I will. I would be happy to buy a game that I enjoyed. Imagine you have a rental video shop that has tons of video games, including games on day one. And for you know what is it? Whatever your country charges, like ten dollars a month or whatever, you can have all you can rent all the time. Yeah. Sometimes they have stuff on the shelves. Sometimes they don't. So like you can try out tons of games that you normally would not be able to, like full games. If you want to, you just play the whole thing and be happy. If you want to, you can buy the game and they even give you a discount if you choose to do so. Yeah. Um, so it's like a it's a all you can rent buffet. It's so you but, don't have to feel rushed to consume the game really fast. But it's but like you, try. you don't have to you don't have to sell me on it. I've I've always told people that it's an amazing <laughs> it's an amazing value to, to customers. It's 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 a no brainer. It's, it's like, like anyone I haven't, that I haven't touched realize. it in two. I haven't touched it in like two months because of Monster Hunter. Yeah. But you think I care that I'm paying for it? No. Yeah. I more than get my money's worth for the year. Like I, you just give me like a ten year subscription option and I'll buy it. Like that's, <laughs> I'm good. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's like that. That's what I always tell people. I think it's it's an amazing consumer value thing. But I, at the same time, I don't think it's for me because I, I tend to form a bond with the games that I play. It's I'm I'm weird. I'm a, yeah. I'm a weirdo with that stuff. So I like actually owning 
the games themselves. I I would even prefer owning everything on physical if I could afford it, but I can't. So you know, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I, uh, that's one of the reasons why I don't do that. But uh, I, I think say, it's that, good value. That phrase of yours, that phrase of yours, is going to be my slogan for E3 this year. What? It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I that thought about you. I thought about that specific phrase so many times. Then I had but, to stop myself from using it because I'm like, oh, guys, rubbing off on me. But the, um, the I think the Xbox presser uh, overall was really, really good. Um, again, it's not something that I'm super invested in, but I think they had a good variety. And they showed off uh, Forza Horizon 5, which looked friggin' impressive. Like I've played, I think the Horizon that I played was Horizon 3 back when I still had my mm. Xbox assembled. And I thought it was a really good game. So yeah, Horizon looks friggin' amazing. Although I, I do have one criticism, and this one goes to pretty much every single publisher in E3, and that is, can you guys put some goddamn bitrate on your videos? Because like, mm. you couldn't see how good Horizon looks because like they would be going through water and like just a little splash into the screen. It's like, forget about it, Twitch algorithm, just destroy that. It's like, it's gone. So it's like, they really need to put more bitrate in their, in their broadcast. Oh, you were know. watching on, you were, you were watching on Twitch, not YouTube? I watched it on, I watched it on YouTube. That one, okay. I actually yeah, watched it on YouTube. You but generally it have to looks... wait for like the, yeah, you have to wait for like the 4K stream afterwards to really get an idea of what they're showing. Yeah, but it's like the, you can stream 4K. Like I've streamed 4K on YouTube. You can stream. You can stream really beastly bit rates. Like I know because I've done it. Like you go watch Just some of my nice. some of my Demon Souls live streams, and it's not even 4K because unfortunately my computer can barely handle 4K. But they're 1440p, and they look gorgeous. And that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how I can do this. And these major corporations are like sitting over there with their 1080p, probably at like 5K friggin', you know, bitrate. And I'm just like, yeah. what are you doing? What are you doing? You literally spend millions on this thing and you're just like showing it out to the world in crappy bitrate. Like, just give us more bitrate. It's not that hard. The YouTube servers can handle yeah. it, it's not a problem. But um, before we move on, though, there was another. That's a press good, it's a good, good, good critique. I like that. Yeah. But true. before we move on, that's one thing a... that Jeff Keeley, like, I don't know, is he doing it different? Because like his stuff usually looks really good. Like at least from my perspective on YouTube, like yes, his 4K summer are usually looks really nice. Summer Game Fest looked better, so he's probably got more bitrate. He's probably got more experience. I don't, I don't know why these big companies I, can't figure it out. But, but then again, I, I think also the problem is that there has to be a producer for the show yeah. that says, "Look, if you're going to participate, here are the tech specs you have to meet." And there's someone who's actually running a cohesive vision, which the EAS has never done. Right? They're just oh, like, yeah, the ESA. show up." Please, please show up, you know. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah. And, so, and right like, now they're like literally on their hands and knees. Please, please make a show. But that's the problem. Show. It's like when you, don't, when you don't have a producer, you get a bunch of, you get a grab bag and that's exactly what you yeah. get. So I'll give, I got to give him credit. When he's involved, I always notice that the video quality is pristine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as pristine but, as it can be. But but I've always but I've always said like you know the the community likes to meme on Jeff a lot but Jeff <laughs> actually does a lot yeah. for the industry like he he puts on all these shows like he doesn't have to he doesn't have to put Game on Wars all these shows 
like Summer i don't think and- i don't think that the amount of money that he makes off of this show no. makes up for the like a lot of people think that this guy is like walking off to the bank and it's like sure he's making money 100 he's making money nah, but i can tell you is is may is getting more headaches like do you see how old he looked without his makeup i was like jesus oh, yeah. and Christ. without dyeing his hair and stuff he's aged i was like oh my god dude these shows are gonna kill you <laughs> jesus it's insane but but like well the, yeah, dude, he, the dude is a legend i have massive yeah. respect for him and and let and let me tell you something and this is gonna blow your mind right so usually whenever he does the the video game awards i co-stream it because he actually organized that in a way that it was I, he was he's been one of the first guys that's out there going like hey by the way co-stream this like he actually would incentivize people listen co-stream the vgas okay yeah, co-stream it and and here's like even worked with twitch to like do something special that would have like voting things like an extension for special for streamers so that they could vote on things and then you could even win prizes and stuff like he's done a lot of stuff like that with twitch which i think is again i know that a lot of people have this really terrible idea of him and whatever think what you will but i think that he's actually doing a lot of cool stuff for the industry and now let me tell I, you something. i never knew that i never knew that people had negative things about him i thought he was beloved. oh yeah no it's because because of the the whole doritos thing remember how that one time that he was sitting on like a throne of mountain dew and bags of doritos like that's what everybody <laughs> thinks of him nowadays this was like during the the height of like the call of duty days and he was doing like a sponsorship and you could even tell that he was super uncomfortable with that particular sponsorship but I don't think that he was in charge of that because that was back when he was still like with um, game trailers. So I don't know exactly how that whole thing worked out. But anyway, he's kind of become a meme because of that, right? But le- as I was saying, like that, that, the few times that I've streamed VGAs, there was this one time that I was really surprised because like, look, I'm streaming the VGAs. I'm a small streamer, right? I got like maybe 100 people watching the VGAs. So you'd think like, okay, he's just a small streamer, whatever. They send me a t-shirt. A video game awards t-shirt that was stuck in customs for like two months. So it arrived with the idea was that I would wear it during the stream. Right. But I received it like two months later or whatever. And I was like really surprised. I'm like, seriously, I'm like a hundred users, a hundred viewers streamer over here. And they send you like a t-shirt. Like he sent t-shirts to everyone, which I was like, wow, that's friggin' impressive. You know? Like I I think, I I think people need to pay more attention to him and what he's doing. Cause I think he's got a vision of where digital marketing needs to go and every other company is just trying to hang on to legacy and yeah. and you know what and it's going to be a common theme in my feedback today in my my point of view on things that we may not agree with it's not just the industry clinging on to old cliche ideas about what a show is and how it should be it's the players as well i think and i think that the audience people need to realize that themes are transforming and changing and i think there's a desperate desperation to hang on to the nostalgic, wonderful days of old. And, uh, well, before, before we go through that, you move this over to the Xbox, but I want to talk about another press conference that happened before that, that I thought was terrible. Atrocious. Cause I didn't watch everything. Potentially so. one of the worst by far. Is and this, that was Ubisoft. Is this the, Oh, Ubisoft. Okay. Well, they don't don't they always have really bad conferences though? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like the bar is not even that high for them, and they managed to tear it down. It was terrible. What I always find really, what I always find a little funny is they usually have a lot of people, obviously with uh, very thick French accents on stage talking, 
And the amount of people from countries that have not been exposed to accents who can't seem to deal with it. And they're like, I don't understand what he's saying. And it's like, <laughs> but like, my guys, get more exposure to accents. It'll it'll click for you. Trust me. It's not that bad. My thing about Ubisoft is that I think that quite simply Ubisoft is a company that I can no longer I j- I just can't play their games anymore because of the way that they market their games which is they'll sell you the game at full price and then they'll stuff it full of like mobile microtransaction stuff and then eventually they'll either make the game free to play or whatever and basically they'll just keep selling you more and more and more things and they use all kinds of psychological manipulations to push the players towards, you know, going into their cash shops and whatnot. And I just completely yeah. lost all respect for them. I, I was trying to see if, if, if in this C3 they were going to change anything, but they're like, nope, it's just like everything, same old, same old. And there's a bunch of games that they announced that I'm pretty sure they're going to, they're going to sell it to you for $70. And then like next year, those games are going to be free to play. They're going to be wow. free to play. I mean, I, I and they're just going to have like a, a, monet, a monetization system behind that. <clears throat> I can't. I can't recall the last Ubisoft game I played outside of Assassin's Creed One. I just don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just been a long time, or I don't know. I just I'm not really familiar with their stuff. Like none of their games generally echo with me, and I don't know. It's it's for the best. That's I can assure you, though. it's for the best. It, no, it's <laughs> it's not. It's for the best, dude. Trust me. The, I thought their presentation was terrible and I think that their business model in general is terrible. And, you know, I guess they announced that Mario Rabbids game and a lot of people are super excited about that. So, you know, hopefully that's good. Well, they're, they're not necessarily controlling the business model on that one. That's why it's, it's people liked it, right? That's yeah, very much like that's, Nintendo's like super hands-on, right? Like I bought the first one actually. As Yuna was interested, we, we've, we discovered that we're not into those types of games. It's almost like you know, like like strategy, almost like yeah, it's XCOM, shining, shining force, fire emblem, but not really. Like we just didn't get into it so much. Um, but the game quality was fantastic. So like, if yeah, you I do thought like it was those good. Games, like, so I feel I'm really happy for that team. Like they finally they're breaking away from the Ubisoft overlords, and they can just say, "Hey, Nintendo wants it like this," and it's a it's a an escape route for them to to make what they want. You know, yeah, which is good. Um, then after Ubisoft, there was Gearbox. I couldn't watch that one because that was the one that ESA was like, we will rain hellfire if you co-stream this. And I was like, okay, the show uh, is crap anyway. Why the hell would people even want to co-stream yeah. it? Sony had one of the, I was more impressed with Sony's show this year than I have been most of the years. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Sony had the best show. <laughs> can't go wrong. They show nothing. You can't, can't go wrong go if wrong you, don't you don't show anything. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was um, everyone will hate me in the comments. He's an Xbox gamer. It's like I know I, uh, I love dude, games, it, but like, I will not hide the fact that I have I have a slight disdain for Sony as of late, and that's because of the PlayStation Five, me. yeah. Because well, the not just that. 5. It's just in general, I just had something about maybe it's not like you and Ubisoft, but there's something about the overall vibe I'm getting. Maybe it's created in my head. I definitely or mix. I I just don't. I definitely think that their um, philosophies have shifted, not for the better, since um, since Sony's headquarters moved to California. I think Sony was a Japanese company, and it should have stayed a Japanese company. And I don't know 
why they felt the need to shift their headquarters to California. And I think that was a terrible move. Mm. Uh, and, and it's like, you've, you've seen, we've seen multiple uh, occasions where Sony has made like, you know, uh, not the best decisions in terms of like censorship with some Japanese games and whatnot, which is ridiculous. It's like, look, people are, we're adults. Okay. Like, it's like people are adults. If they want to consume a certain type of product, they should be allowed to consume a certain type of product without you deciding. No, 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 no. You, this thing is not, we don't want this thing, but then we accept this thing. And, and it's a double standard too. Cause then yeah, you yeah. see them censoring stuff in Japanese games, but then you go see what happens in the last of us too. And you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> excuse <laughs> me. I mean, they're first party, so I'll support them because uh, first party are the backbone of the industry. And without them, yeah. we wouldn't get a lot of stuff. So they are succeeding. I want them to succeed. So it's not like oh, I and I'll, them. And I'll just, tell I'm you, not invested in their ecosystem at all. So And I'll tell you right now, they have a game that I've been playing. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's going to be one of the best games this year, 100%. And that is Ratchet & Clank. Dude, Ratchet & Clank is just it such an good. easy recommend. It's so easy to recommend that game because it's so good. It is so amazing. Like, I've been having a blast playing that game. I, it's just so well made. The way, the, just the way the character controls, the haptic feedback on the controller, um, the visuals are gorgeous. It can run at 60 FPS at the lower resolution, not at 4K, yeah. obviously. But it can run also 4K 30 if you want to. It's, it's just so good. It's a, it's a good showcase it. title, yeah. It is. It's amazing. And they've done a really good job at like how, you know, if you want to really do the completionist thing and go back on the levels, they make it kind of not easy, but simple for you to figure out, oh, the thing that I'm looking for is probably over here because there's there's almost like a map kind of like Metroid, which kind of like shows you the areas you've explored, the areas you haven't explored and yeah. whatnot. So it's just very, very, very well done. I'm like super, super into that game recently, but yeah. Uh, but you know, besides Sony that hasn't shown up. So, uh, uh, I guess after Xbox, we had Square Enix. Uh, did you see that one or not so much? Uh, I skimmed through highlights of the stream. I didn't watch it live or anything. Cause there just so, been, I'm just not, there's nothing on my radar when it comes to that. I was expecting yeah. them to do a bunch of final fantasy stuff. Uh, and as we've talked about before in the podcast, I've been kind of divorced from the franchise and uninvested ever since 13 i know i need to play 14 14 you have to play um, 14 that's that's a must critically acclaimed uh yeah, listen with a free trial that goes you, until blah blah you <laughs> and yuna can play together it'd be amazing you'd love it <laughs> and it's free come on it's free how can you say no to free it's amazing anyway um, it looks amazing it's, I, I can recognize that's probably a game that i would like but it's just it's just uh Capcom takes up too much of my time and same with parenthood and work. So it's, it's my, my time is a little limited to, to dig into something that deep, but I love what they're doing with it. It looks fantastic like that. I consider its own thing like that. I think that's Yoshi P's cool. Yoshi P's team, which is creative business unit three. I think they yeah. are the ones that they're going to be doing the most interesting things that are going to come out of square Enix and, it's them and whoever is the team behind the Yoko Taro projects like Nier. Like, yeah. I think those are going to be the teams that are going to be presenting us with the best that Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft <laughs> Square Enix uh, <laughs> has to offer moving forward. At least those are the teams that I'm definitely uh, keeping tabs on. But so, uh, the first thing through. that what, they, what, what, what happened there? The first the thing that they before. showed was, you know how Avengers was wildly successful? 
I, I, I hint sarcasm in that. <laughs> you know, Marvel's Avengers, that amazing game that received brutal critical acclaim from the entirety of the community. That game. So oh, the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. They yeah. decided to make Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and it looks exactly like Avengers. <laughs> but it's not the same thing, though. It's, it's a different game. It's not a live service. Uh, this is a single-player game. Uh, I thought it looked fun, actually. I'll be honest. I, yeah. I saw the the video and it looked fun. It looked interesting, but the thing is, I think it looks too much like Avengers, and I think that's a huge turnoff for a lot of people because people want the similarity with the actors of the MCU, and it doesn't seem like they're mm. willing to put in the money to make that similarity happen. I mean, in this case, I feel like for Guardians of the Galaxy, they just needed at least Chris Pratt, right? They just needed him. I'm guess. I'm guess. I'm guessing it's not about money i'm sure in those cases the payoff would be more than enough i think it, it generally usually comes down to actors who don't want their likeness portrayed really and if you can't have like one or two people hold off that screws the whole pooch doesn't it i i just feel that for specifically for guardians of the galaxy all they needed is chris pratt because all of the other actors are like deep makeup so it's not as noticeable if it's not them but like the character of Chris Pratt, the space, uh, what's it called? Star-Lord? Star-Lord, like you really need to have Chris Pratt's face because he's just become the face of that character. And I think that could have made a huge difference. But because he looks generic and the same thing happened with Marvel's Avengers where all the heroes look generic, people are just going to remember that and they're just going to be like, oh, it's the same thing. But it's not. This is a single player game where you actually get to make like choices and you know, there's different outcomes that happen. And it looks like it's got some interesting things going for it, but it didn't seem particularly appealing personally. Like I'm kind of curious about it, but um, you know, I, I guess the fact that it's not a live service keeps me more with an open mind. But still, yeah. I don't. I think that the community at large was not uh, huge fans of that. But I'm. I'm actually not 100 percent sure. But uh, so that was that. There was a couple of more announcements. I don't remember exactly everything by head because there's just been so many uh, conferences. Yeah. But um, they are remastering all of the Final Fantasies from one to six for mobile and Steam. HD. I think they said something like HD pixels or pixel HD, something like that. And I'm just like, you know, there's this perfect platform where you could put those six games. It's a Nintendo console. <laughs> you know, you could just put all those in there. Why just mobile and Steam? I don't understand. Because like, it's especially when you take into consideration that nowadays, literally anything can get on the eShop. Apparently I can like go download Unity and make some crappy game and I, and I can probably just get it into the eShop if you take a look at all the trash that is in that goddamn shop. I don't, I don't know if you're like me, but like, Game design is different depending on the platform it's intended for, right? And yeah. old school games, especially retro JRPGs, are incredibly well known for being time sinks in front of a TV. That's the joy of them. Yeah, You sat down and you played long ass sessions and your mom got mad at you because it was dinner time and you didn't get to a save point yet. So you're screaming at each other and dad is threatening to pull the plug and no, 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 I didn't save my game. You know, it's like, the, how does that, I, I can, okay, maybe you can have quick saves or whatever, whatever, but like, that's not a type of game that I would want to play on a mobile device. Like, are you yep. kidding me? Like, it's just not designed. It's like, if you told me I can play Monster Hunter World on my phone, I wouldn't do it because I don't want to spend 15, 20 minutes on a hunt and grinding for an hour on a small screen. That's, that is a TV experience game. That's what it was designed for. So I, 
I mean, whatever. I mean, if they want to do it, but I, I'm, I'm in the crowd of, I think they're doing a little too much to the pixel art to the point that it's starting to feel like less of a nice paint of coat. And it feels kind of like, yeah, let's not reinvent the wheel, please. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, I, I, I wasn't did you digging it. Like, Locke, like, like Locke, Locke in from Final Fantasy VI has always been like, a little, you know, the big chest kind of chubby type of fun little bandit thief, right? And now they're making him all slim and shit. And I'm like, it's a pixel art game. Why don't you just keep it authentic? Like, why are you changing all this stuff? I don't know. Yeah. I I'll, those games can live in my memory and they have a very fond place in my memory and I'll leave it at that. But like who who's going to be buying that on Steam? I just don't I, the business model doesn't make much sense to me. I'm happy it's... they're trying to keep it alive and all, but like I don't know. That and there's something that's always rubbed me weird about like those retro games where the text is like super HD but generic font and everything else is like still trying to be pixelated and it just like it feels like that Nickelodeon, I don't know. The, I don't know yeah. if though the right word is. There's something that feels weird about it, you know. <laughs> I don't know. So. I'm actually going. Uh, I was going over the um because I have the the press release right here just to see if I miss anything. There was a big presentation on Life is Strange. Not sure if you're into that or not. Because see, I knew I was forgetting something important, and here we go. Babylon's fall. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> So Babylon's Fall is a Platinum Games uh, title that they're working on, but is published by Square Enix. And I pretty much always check out everything that Platinum is working on. They did Bayonetta, they did Vanquish. I really love those games. So I'm just like, dude, Platinum Games, I'm in. Let's go. And then they revealed that this was going to be a live service game. <laughs> oh my good God, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I was no. like, why would you really? do this? Yes. It's a four-player co-op life service game and i was like okay i'll accept the life service okay and then they keep talking and talking they're like eh, we're gonna have battle pass and i was like oh no stop please and they're like and the battle pass is going to have items that will help your progression and i was like oh my god no not like this it's just like my interest started dwindling. Like I'm still going to check it out when that game comes out, but good God, I was like, dude, what have you done? What have you done? It's like, this is not platinum games thing. Platinum games. Is, they're amazing at doing like single player. Experience. And sure. I'd love them to try out doing something more multiplayer, but not a full fledged live service. Friggin', you know, chuck full of monetization stuff. I was very disappointed mm. with what I saw. And on top of it, the art style actually seemed worse than it did in 2019 because they put some strange filter on top of the gameplay. And I don't know if it was mm. that that just kind of like destroyed the, the look of the game on, the, on the, like the compression algorithms or something like that, but the game looked worse than it did like two years ago, which is not normal. It's just weird. But yeah, that was another thing in the Ubisoft conference. There was, there was one thing that they showed, and I have to look at it more, but um, it's a game that I have memories of as a child, not a child, like a teenager, that I really enjoyed. And to me, it was like a sleeper hit at the time. But I saw that they're re-releasing Legend of Mana. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're doing that, yeah. And 
from what I saw, it didn't seem like they were altering the art style or trying to reinvent it. It was just like literally re-releasing it with a little bit higher resolution. So like that's a game that if I think it's come for Switch as well, that I might pick yeah. up. Um, I know they didn't have the the guts to re-release the other game that came. I will never forget it because I saved up. I was working a part-time job as a young kid, and I remember there was two Square Enix games that came out in the same year, and I had saved up my money to buy them because I was like, I was a Capcom and Square Enix boy. Like those were my my things, right? And so I remember they had um, Legend of Mana, and the other one was Threads of Fate. And I recently replayed Threads of Fate. I don't know if you've ever played it. That game has got some raunchy localization. Like they, they are dirty, foul mouthed little <laughs> bastards in that game. It's really funny. Like I was like, I think they couldn't get away with it in today. Like they're really foul mouthed. It's fun, but I remember enjoying both those games a lot and feeling very happy that I bought them. So I don't know if it was nostalgia or not, but I'll, I'll, I'll probably give it a purchase and a try. That one, um. That that one I don't know too much about because I never played Legend of Mana. I know it's. it's I just remember Legend of Mana had like a farming system that I really got into. That's all I remember. It was like the battle and everything was nice, but it had this like little cozy, almost like you know like Monster Hunter Village like function where you can grow different vegetables. And I think there was ways that you can get like new seeds and stuff. And it was just I liked it. I don't know why. There was something about it. So. Okay. So then we have to talk about the star of Square Enix's show. <laughs> Final Fantasy 16 new trailer? No. <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh it's Eminem going to kill chaos. <laughs> oh, we're talking about the we're talking about the uh, guy that was pulled off of a Uniqlo poster. <laughs> I don't know what Uniqlo Wal- is. Wal- the Walmart the Walmart shopping channel and Everybody was making like- fun of the guy because he only had a shirt and it's like in the demo like not even five minutes in, and I I already had like armor that looked medieval armor, and I was like, well, that didn't last long. Is it like a tie? Is it? I gotta. I'm asking this seriously. I'm not trying to be a smartass. Is it like a time jump thing? Whereas he's a guy from you know twenty 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 thirty that jumps into like no gets time warped into the past because that's at what least, it looks like, right? And that's what at it feels least like. My understanding, no, my understanding is that this is just like a story that happens like during final fantasy one or something. The name of the game isn't even final fantasy. The name of the game is stranger of paradise, which is really weird. And then it says on, and then the, the subtitle is final fantasy origins. So it's stranger of paradise, final fantasy origins. And it's like, let's just put that out there. The dialogue that they show in their trailer is ridiculous. It's just, I'm here to kill chaos. You don't understand. I just hate chaos, chaos, chaos. <laughs> it's like everybody instantly memed the crap out of that. And then on top oh, yeah. of it, they released the demo immediately after the, the press conference and the demo was the broken, demo was broken, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I guess chaos was winning because the demo was broken and it, it must suck so much for them to just like, you know, they released the demo demos broken. Yeah. People are memeing the crap out of the game in a way. It's kind of going viral, right? Cause people are just memeing that. Yeah. Game yeah it's death. getting attention. Yeah. So it's getting a lot but of attention. Like it's, it's up and running. And I noticed right before the podcast, you were playing and tried to kill chaos. I was I trying hear your thoughts to on it because chaos. I, this, this is one of those ones where I just kind of like, you're like, so, okay, well, this is, I'm not the target consumer for this type of game. So like, I didn't, I don't have any thoughts of interest to share with people except for 
I thought it was a legitimate time jump. Like I thought it was like a modern guy that was. As far as I'm aware, that is not the case. But then again, they don't give you a lot of context. It's just like we're here to kill chaos. Go, okay. <laughs> and someone, someone was like, maybe you can create your own avatar. I'm like, I don't want my avatar speaking. Like I don't, that. I don't think so because people were talking about the the characters' names. The, the characters called Jack. Then there's another character called Ash. Supposedly those are names of Jack. characters from Final Fantasy One or something. I'm not sure. Because I never played Final Fantasy One either, but you know, either way. Uh, so the the first question, like for people that are curious as to whether or not this game is for them, the first question is, do you like Neo? Because this is a Team nin- Team Ninja game, so this is very much in line with what you would expect from a Neo game. Now the difference is this particular Neo game is trying to vibe off of Sekiro. From my understanding, at least from from what I've played of the gameplay, it is totally trying to vibe off of Sekiro because a big part of the gameplay revolves around you being able to parry enemies with something called a soul shield, which is basically like your character just puts his hand like this and you parry like that's it. And then there are attacks that you can't parry. But the whole point of this game is to parry as much as you can, because the more you parry, the more mana you gain and the more mana you have, the more special attacks you can do. Which, you know, it's just something that it's starts Neo. escalating. <laughs> yeah. It's like the more, the better you do, the more damage you're going to be dealing, basically. And it, it even has yeah. like the the stagger gauge as well. So like you hit things a couple of times and then eventually you break through the stagger gauge. Now, I made the mistake of trying to play the game on hard, which, uh, mm-hmm. you know, these types of demos, um, it's like when I was choosing the difficulty, I forgot that this was a Team Ninja game. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. But, you know, it's yeah, a Team Neo Ninja was, game. was a tough game. So the, it's not even just Neo. Like, the Neo betas are way harder than the final game itself. They always are, every single time. So obviously, this hey, demo I, is I am proud to say I took down the Nui in the demo, that Thunder Beast. I actually killed him in the, the second demo for Neo. I was quite proud of Good that. Good job. That, that, was, that was tough as hell. It took me a lot of tries to get him down. It but took um, me a lot, probably over a hundred, yeah. But yeah, so I started playing it, and I, you know, I couldn't even understand how the combat worked. It's it's weird because you also have the elemental system from Final Fantasy, so you can you can also be a caster, and you can swap classes on the fly, so you can be because it's all about you know what equipment you have equipped. So you can have two classes at the same time. You can be uh, a black mage and a warrior or a black mage and a dragoon and and here's here's the kicker this was the thing that i was just like this is the weirdest thing i've ever seen a dragoon that can wield a great sword yeah that's a thing so basically if you switch mm. to the dragoon dragoon class you can still wield your great sword or a warrior that can wield a lance. And I'm just like, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. Is this a Final Fantasy game? What is going on here? This is weird. You know, uh, all I'm hearing, and I don't know if this is correct, but it sounds like you take a game like Neo, which was a fantastic game, and the, the aesthetic carried it. Uh, unfortunately, this game I don't think has that going for it, um, oh no. like the world building. But like, it was complex to the point that I had to leave the game and said, you know what, this is too complex for me. The difficulty has too many layers to a point where it got frustrating. Yeah. But now what you're talking about sounds even more complex. It sounds like they're trying to do a Devil May Cry stylish, anything goes crazy game, but still keep the crazy like 
games trying to be hard mentality, which I don't. I Devil May Cry doesn't pretend to be like an insane mood unless you play it on like insane. Like, yeah, it's meant to be just hack and slash fun. But is it like trying to be a hack and slash, but also trying to be difficult at the same time? I mean, that is the definition of Neo, though. Neo is trying to be a a hard hack and slash, so it's they're doing the same thing yeah. here, except. You know, this demo is intentionally made to be um, frustrating. So, you know, I've been, I, I just spent like a couple of hours in that last boss throwing myself at him. And it's ridiculous. Like, you can't make a single mistake with your parries. Otherwise, it's like 80% of your health is gone. And it, it actually, this boss legitimately had moves that I was just like, okay, this is just straight up unfair. Like, if he'll hit you once and he sends you like flying, like you're dead. And there's nothing you can do about it because he's got, he has a follow-up attack that is timed to hit you exactly when you're getting up. And that is just like, come on, man. What is that? Like, what? And then it's like, if you try to dodge, you'll just like bum rush you down until, you know, because you're just like running and trying to heal and running and trying to heal and there's nothing you can do to stop it. So it's like the moment you get hit once is like you're just on borrowed time, which, you know, nah. it's... I, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it eventually just because, you know, it's one of those things where my, my soul side comes up and I'm just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it just for doing it. But uh, yeah, it's very frustrating. And not to mention that it's like, I think the game just looks bad. That's, that's the thing. One of the things that really bothers me is that for starters, the graphical quality is not there. And sure, they have time to polish and all that. The loading times are long because this is on a PlayStation 5. Like, I was like, dude, what is this loading time? This is crazy. The first time that you load into the game, it's insane. It's really, really long. So it's got but a like long the PS5, loading time. It's like stupid fast if yeah. you do it right, right? Yeah, if, if you play your cards right, PS5 is redonkulously fast at loading. Yeah, this is I mean, the only it beats, game. It beats out even the Xbox. Well, and, and here's the thing. Like, this game is a PlayStation 5 demo. It's not like a PlayStation 4 running in back compat. No, this is a PlayStation 5 demo. It's exclusive to the PlayStation 5 even. And oh, so wow. that was really weird. Like this thing loaded slower than Monster Hunter World on my PlayStation 5 the first time that I loaded it in. And I was like, this is not normal. Ouch. So that Does it was at weird. least load fast when you die? Like when you go to try when again, you died, it fast? When you died, it starts loading fast. But uh, the okay, first time good. that I loaded in, I was like, this is not normal. So there's something weird there. Then the visuals, I think that game is running at 1080p. You can't really tell because, you know, it's upscaled from the PS5 when does it itself come out? to 4K. Uh, I think it's next year. So I think they still have some okay, time. So it's, but, it's early days. Okay. Yeah. So the game is running at like 1080p and yeah, it can get 60 FPS, but it has a lot of drop frames when certain stuff is happening on screen. I'm actually suspecting that it might have some kind of memory leak because it seemed the longer I was playing, the more frames were starting to drop. So it just has so many issues and I, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. And it's just it's just like one of those games that I think that for the way that it looks, it should run way better. Or it should just it should even just look better, in my opinion, considering that it's a game that's coming out next year. You know? But You know, um, I, I have you know, me with my jaded glasses, I'm always thinking Sony's the bad guy here. And I almost I wanna guess and I feel bad for the team. Like if it's that far out and there's they're still trying to get through the technical parts of the game and it's not it's not ready for its first showing, but Sony says no. We need a reason for people to buy PlayStation 5 right now. I want you to put a technical demo on the store now. Like, if it was it them pushing for it? Because it sounds like the demo was, is just too early, so. right? I don't think because so. Because the demos I, I think for Neo were, like, technically, worked. like, 
super right, impressive. Yeah. Like, yeah, they were good. So it seems weird to hear that it's not on a technical level impressive. That f- feels really off brand for Team Ninja because they are they are on they're great. I don't team, know. So. I don't know what we, huh. what is going on with that demo, but so far, and you know, it can also be that thing that you know I've been wiping on this boss for an hour, so maybe my vision's a little bit clouded by that. But at yeah. the same time, I don't know. I think that there's definitely something there that. It, it, there's it's something there that's you, weird. Yeah, it's 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 not really clicking for me very well. But you know, I'll eventually get through it. Mm-hmm. And I will say that casting spells is a lot of fun. When when you're you know when you actually see the effect of the spells, like it's a lot of fun because you can cast different spells and you you get the um, you know the the damage text will tell you if the monster is weak to it or not. So you can kind of like experiment. Okay, we shoot a fireball. He's not weak to that. We shoot this thing. And uh, yeah, there's some fun things there, but at the same time, I don't know. It's weird. It's really weird. But uh, yeah, mm. that's Final Fantasy Origins. Uh, let me see who we have <laughs> next on the docket. It was Warner Brothers Back for Blood, which is basically a, what's the name of it? Left for Dead uh, type of game. It's from the same team that made Left for Dead. There was a PC gaming show. There was a future games show, uh, which, you know, there were a bunch of indie games there, I guess. Then there was the Here's long... A, he, I was say, I'll give you an incredibly unrelated completely random thought that just hit my mind because why not but i was thinking portugal because i'm talking to you yeah and i remember just seeing a, a really funny tweet that i thought was kind of interesting of cristiano ronaldo <laughs> apparently apparently at a press event where yeah, they so tried to like they they try to product sponsor some coca-cola in front of his ass and this <laughs> He's an he's an athlete, right? Like, it, yes, he's also a diver, and we can make fun of him for that. But he's also a fantastic athlete. So, like, and there was the pictures of him, like, like visibly upset and like pushing the coke and then telling everybody, you know, you should be drinking water, man. Oh yeah, he's probably like, gonna get fined for that. But that like, that that was awesome. I saw that. I was just like, oh my god, I gotta find video of this. Like, yeah, I, I, I actually saw that on Nine Gag. Like that thing has been making the rounds everywhere. But yeah, he he just legit picks up the bottles of coke and he just like moves them off to the it's side the and then he just straight up picks up a, a bottle of water and says agua this, this is the way we say water right <laughs> agua and then and then it, as if that's not enough he dismissively says coca-cola like he, he doesn't like he looks at the bottles going, like as, as almost as if saying as if i would drink that jesus christ what is wrong that's with you always- people I know it's like it's always weird. You see like the NBA and stuff. And, like these are fantastic athletes, and they're made to like sponsor shit that you know that they're not drinking and yeah, eating like because it's like monster. Yeah, they'd be bloated, energy. and and they would not. Yeah, I'm having my my Mountain Dew before. Yeah, you get myself yeah, a right. diabetic shock before. A, <laughs> no, they're drinking water. So it's it's kind of fun. I thought that I don't know why that just randomly hit my head, but I felt like saying it. But I yeah, like good good on, props to him on that. That's awesome. Cristiano doesn't give a crap. Screw it. Boom, done. <laughs> I love it. Um. Okay, so where were we? Yeah, it was the long day of Monday where there was almost nothing. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually we had the Capcom presentation. So dun, 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 dun. I guess we can talk about the Capcom presentation a little bit. <laughs> a little bit? Yeah, I think we're going to talk about it a lot. Okay, so... um. You know, the most important things for me were definitely just Monster Hunter. Like, I was hoping, hoping for a Dragon's Dogma reveal, but we got nothing. This early, though? 
I don't so that's, know. This is I, a, I, this I, is I what I have to ask. Sorry, like we know that Dragon's Dogma does not happen without Itsunosan, right? Like that's his yeah. baby, right? He had interviews where he was very clear and said, "I had a choice to either make the sequel to Dragon's Dogma or Devil May Cry Five. You should have done Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> I fully agree with you. Although I did really enjoy Dragon's Dog, Dra- uh, Devil, uh, May, Devil Cry. May Cry Five was also really good. Yeah. So they just finished that. It's not nearly enough time for them to be ready it. to show Dragon's Dogma too. I would, and I, I was like, okay, well, there's still that off chance that they could say, you know, it's now in development and just pull like the one title card thing. But now that after seeing the reaction of the internet in general, yeah. it's a it's a no win situation. I like if you don't have anything to show, don't fucking show it. You know, like I'm gonna watch my language on this segment because I have some very strong opinions. Um, but like, I think if they had that, that they would have teased like, okay, we have a big announcement, or you don't want to miss this. But they were like really like upfront and just like, yeah, we're gonna show off the latest on these four titles. So I was like, okay, I know what to expect. So- That's how I took it. I think the most so. important thing to come. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk next about year, the, though, the DLC. If they do not announce Dragon's Dogma two next year, though, that is going to be the crime of the century. That <laughs> I am fully, fully expecting, and I'm going to go crazy when and if it does happen. So, so do you want to talk about Resident Evil eight at all? Because that's not really my my jam. Me and Resident Evil, I don't really care that much about it. But I know that they did. They're doing. Uh, DLC specifically because fans requested, which I thought was kind yeah, it was of cool. kind of interest. It's kind of interesting to hear that they didn't even have plans for DLC, and they're like, okay, we get it. You guys loved it. It sold more than we thought it was going to sell. We're we are starting to make some DLC. People seem to be quite jaded. Instead, I thought the take would be like, oh, cool, but like people are all like, people are jaded. Yeah, but they didn't show anything. They didn't. Yeah, they like go. Oh, they didn't show anything. They literally just gave me a PowerPoint slide and blah 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 i'm like th- they just okay, started so, on it i'm like and so, so i looked it up right and is correct me if i'm wrong but i because i'm not, i haven't played the game yet but i did read online that they have a free multiplayer resident evil game coming out next month which comes free with resident evil village so they're yeah. really busy working on a multiplayer game is a uh, uh what is it called um I, I know which uh, game you're talking what's, what's, about, but I don't remember the name of it either. Uh, Reverse. Reverse. Yeah. So Resident Evil Reverse is going to be like a multiplayer game. They're going to be adding it. So obviously like they're they're busy with that. But then they realize, oh my God, people really like the campaign for this. We should do something. That and I think they were taken aback from like how people love the ladies of the game. So yeah. I mean, that's great. I think that's great to get that announcement. It was kind of jarring to hear that they didn't have plans originally. But like, I okay, mean, that's cool. But here's here's the thing. I think that's actually a good thing. The fact that they didn't have plans for DLC, I consider that to be a good thing because it's like, no, mm. we have plans. We make the game. Here's the game. And it's interesting because you always see people complain like, oh, you did, you know, the, they're sectioning off portions of the game yeah, to then yeah, sell yeah. us. Like, it's like, here's a situation where they had no plans. They're like, no, we're not doing the whole thing of like, you know, milking you dry. We're just, here's the game. Yeah. Full game. We gave you everything we wanted to do. Multiplayer thing later, and you know, and and people ask for it. They're like, "No, give us the DLC," and they're like, "Okay, fine. You guys ask for it. We'll make you the DLC." Like it's again, it's one of those things that I I think think that's cool. That's a win. Like that's a good announcement. I thought that was a win too. Like I I even said in my stream, I was like, "Man, man, that's cool." I mean, if people uh, want more Resident Evil Eight, and Capcom's like, "Hey, fine, we'll give you more Resident Evil Eight. Sure, here we go." 
Uh, I mean, I think Bring that's it. cool. But I, I also yeah. think that it, it is a good thing that they hadn't planned DLC because it means, no, this was our vision for the game. We did our vision of the game and it was done. It was complete. It was a complete experience. I don't, I don't think really I've seen, point. I don't think I've seen people complain about how the game felt short or anything like that. People said the game yeah, felt seem happy just as it. long as it should have been. And I think that that is a very positive thing because it's not like Capcom was planning on milking people dry. Now, if people are lining up with their wallets and going like, hey, we want more. It's like, okay, fine. That's fair game, whatever. But I actually, I was surprised that they had no plans. And I think that that was actually, that is actually a good thing. You know, I yeah. guess. Like, I mean, I think if they, if they wanted to be a little bit better, they could have given a hint about what it might explore. Like, okay, this, we're going to yeah. explore some backstory of Lady D and, or something like, I don't know what they're going to do, but like, maybe that would have satiated fans. But I just saw, I mean, Twitter has been so negative of late. And and so like I just see all these like, wow they didn't have anything to show. There was literally just announced. They could have just tweeted <laughs> this out. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you people? Like this is, well we'll get into the bigger it's, topic about that. But yeah. I thought this was a good announcement. I was happy to see it. We'll and it we'll, excites we'll, me because I haven't played the game and I'm gonna play it. Um, we'll get into the Yuna's the are, Yuna's already watched the Yuna's already watched the entire game. She apparently watched a full playthrough of village and i did not know it and she told me she did because she she put like a blanket over her head and uh you know i don't want to say character names maybe it'll be a spoiler so i'll anyway she was mimicking a character that i know is like near the end of the game i'm like how do you even know about this game she's like i watched it it was it was interesting actually i'm like okay i mean I Yuna, Yuna probably needed something on her second monitor while she was grinding monster hunter rise she was yes, just like exactly. watching a, a full playthrough on the side <laughs> that and it was the you, you know the puppet show that they did here in japan like they had a i don't i don't know why they didn't localize it but someone did the god's work and put the english subtitles on them but they had like it was almost like sesame street they did like a series of like uh of children's shows for for village where they had oh like oh my god you know, it is so it it is unbelievable like it's so funny because they're like, it's not scary. And they made songs. It plays like, you know, a traditional like NHK children's program here <laughs> and they're dolls and they got fake blood with confetti and stuff. It's unbelievably funny. Um, so look it up later. Um, it's oh. the, it's the, uh, I can't remember the word, but it's, it's funny. Uh, it's like a three part series, but she watched all those. So she, she knows of village. The, the marketing campaign was fantastic. And uh, when, so she asked, she's like, you know, what did they announce today? I'm like, well, there's, they're going to do some DLC for that village game. She's like, oh, that's nice. It's like, see, even her, she hasn't even played the game. And she thinks that that's a good announcement. But yeah. you go online and people are like, oh, they didn't show anything. They have, we'll, have nothing to show. We'll get into the overall E3 theme yes, this okay. year. Moving once on. we go through all the things. Yes, um, moving on, moving on. So I think the next thing they, they talked about, Monster, they talked about stories. There was a new trailer, which was like the second trailer in, I don't know, five days or something like that. And it was a really good trailer for sure. That trailer was good. It was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Here's the way I, I view this. Okay. And this is the way that I personally take it. Let's say you're, you're, you're looking forward to, let's say, Final Fantasy 16. Let's say it comes out in a month and they drop at E3 an unbelievably brand new three minute story focused trailer. And they announced that there's going to be a playable chapter one or whatever that'll go into the main game. So you can get a taste of it even yep. earlier. And they show you stuff like rideable Bahamuts and stuff like, like crazy shit that you are happy about. 
Would you not say that that was a hell of a win for E3? You would. Yeah. But instead, everybody seems to be not in tune with this game. And they're all like, well, there wasn't any some new, new game. And I'm like, this trailer was unbelievable. Like, it was just... One, did you see the final key visual they made for this thing as well? It is hardcore. I love it. It looks amazing. It's, it's like, like three minutes long trailer. Okay. We look. got Elder... I got a bullet list of all the things that they showed in the trailer so people don't know. Like, you got... Elder Dragons, multiple confirmed. You got Teostra and Kushala. And for those of you who don't know, also, this is a nice scene for fans of the West because the first game had Teostra and Kushala added as multiple monsties, but not in the 3DS version for this, the Western version. That was only done for the mobile version, so they missed that update. So seeing that earlier was great. We got returning character confirmations like Lilia is going to be back and going to be a big part of the story. That was huge. We got like a new Wyvarian village. We got a new Wyvarian village chief with uh, uh, Yumlana, which is awesome. Uh, the Palamut DLC and the fact that they're actually even going to be doing more than just one update for this game. I wasn't even expecting that. The demo on June 25th, playable. Like in the first game they did, like the first chapter, and then you could continue on. Like this was a great fantastic showing for Monster Hunter Rise. Maybe it was not a very good one for stories trying too. to sell people. Stories, yeah, stories too. too. I still think they made it. They should not have called it Stories 2. They should just call it Monster Hunter Stories Wings of Ruin because yeah. people think you need to have played the first. But like, and I admit that Capcom is not the best company at trying to sell games to those who are not already invested. They always seem to make trailers for those who already are familiar with it. Mm-hmm. But for me, man, that's, that, that's all I wanted was show me something new. Confirm something cool, surprise me, which they did with the Palamute, and give me a date of a demo. Boom. Got it. I, I don't know why, but I'm not near, like, sure, I, I dig that there was another trailer. Like, that's cool. And I particularly, like, my favorite thing to come out of the, the Capcom showcase was the fact that, yes, there's going to be a demo on the 25th of June. And I made a video talking today about this. I think this demo is very important, specifically because of what you said. There's people that haven't played Stories 1. They don't know what they'll be getting into with stories too. So, you know, they're not sold on it yet, obviously. So I think it's a very pro-consumer thing. Like, no, here's a demo like we used to do back in the day. And here's the thing. This demo is a little bit long because I I don't remember what it was that I saw, but I saw somewhere that they said the first few hours. The first demo of stories was fantastic. It was the first hour and a half or two of the game. And like you it it gave you the full setup, the story, you got to experience each of the major fundamental game systems and, and battles like it was and the, and the best thing about it is that it lets you get all that boring stuff out of the way too because you know that these games tend to be very front-loaded with tutorials like here's yeah, throw yeah, on yeah. this and on that on the other you can get rid of that so that on the ninth you're just like ready to go you, you know you already have your first couple of monsters you're just like you know all the basics you're good to just jump into mm-hmm. the world and go so that is a really good thing um and people can even grind a little bit if they want to i would caution people don't go overboard like people have this tendency a demo comes out you know i'm not saying that you and me are guilty of this like we haven't played i'm gonna become hours. level 99 <laughs> okay i'm gonna, I'm gonna it. just They'll like it, so i'm just gonna play 100 hours it. of the monster hunter rise demo okay it's not it's not a big deal i don't have a problem you have a problem yeah. <laughs> you will burn yourself out yeah so just yeah. you know enjoy it i think it's gonna be take great. it easy yeah i but, am it looks so as someone who was such a fan of the anime, which I think you said you didn't watch. No. Um, 
and I watched both seasons. We had a season two here in Japan. It was like a mini season. Like me and that was our Saturday morning cartoon. Like me and Yuna would wake up early, see it. I still have all of them recorded. We really enjoyed it. We played the game together. I'm hugely invested in this game. So this was a dream. It looks like a like an anime in motion. I know Bandai Namco has mastered the cell shading animation real time engine years ago, but this looks so good. Oh man. So we got the uh, the demo of that. We got the confirmation that uh, we're going to be getting the the Palamute as well, like you said. As a monster. Uh, <laughs> as a monster. Yeah, that, that was a little bit surprising. I was like, I'm not sure about that monster Palamute. Okay. But, I thought uh, it looked hilarious. Did you see the Did you see the egg when you're carrying its egg? It's got like the ninja star on it from Kamuda. I didn't notice that detail. No. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Um, but yeah, there's that. There's all, they also announced a bunch of uh, Rise stuff, like that you're going to be getting the Rise of the Layered Armor, which we already know, the Tsukino Palico skin, which is going to be later this week, I believe. Yeah. What is it, Friday? Because today yeah. is already Wednesday so, yeah, for Friday. me. Yeah, so it should be Thursday Friday. for you, maybe Friday for me. Yeah, but, something uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, she she looks adorable. I like she looks great. I was I it's was unfortunate. That her I, rider is such an an ass. Like he's a real. He he seems like he's gonna be a punk in the game. Like he's I like, wish that I don't um, that we should kill the Rathalos. I wish that it would be like an armor set, as opposed to just the skin, like a full suit. I wish there was an armor set so that you could like mix and match it with other armor sets if you wanted to, and you could still have the look of your Palico. I think that would be cooler. But you know, still Tsukino Palico skin. It's all good. Um. Uh, the Rither layered armor. Then they talked about event quests for Rise. Uh, and here's a concern that I have. There's, is it just me or is there more paid DLC for Rise than there was at the same time for World? Well, there's also a lot more monsters. I mean, I, we don't, we can't compare the two, right? The uh, the whole update rollout and everything has been just completely different. The pacing is different. Like at this point. I think someone made a point on here, a Japanese YouTuber. At this point, post-launch of World, the only thing they had added was Devil Joe. That was it. Um, so you can't compare. They, they're just on different... This is on a much more accelerated schedule. They released a lot more monsters faster. I understand that some of them were probably intended to be in the the initial release. But even the last update had multiple monsters. So... Um, you know, DLC, there was a lot of DLC for World and Iceborne. If you go back and look yeah, at the yeah. shop, it was like, whoa. Like I, don't, I, don't think, and everything. I don't think there was that much for World. I think there was a ton for Iceborne. Because yeah. uh, I remember that I bought all of the DLC for World. There was like this one pack that you could just buy everything in one go, and I bought that. But I still don't have everything that came out for Iceborne, for instance, because I've been waiting for them to just like, just mm. give me a deep discount or something. I'll buy the whole thing, too. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it is that accelerated uh, release schedule that makes it seem like. Or maybe it's the fact that it's not tied to like a big update, right? Like it's not 4.0. I think that maybe is is striking you off, right? It's a 3.1. It's a smaller. It's not skill update, and yet they're going to have a DLC pack. It's kind of like is that? Wow, yeah, but the thing is, it's it. not just the 3.1, right? Because if you look at the the roadmap, there's the 3.2, which is also going to have a DLC pack, and there's the 3.3, which is also going to have a DLC pack. And I'm, you know, you look at those, and I'm just like, okay, I get it. You guys, you guys, it's like at the end of the day, the more money you guys have to make another Monster Hunter, the better. It doesn't really phase me that much, and, but it does. And it's all cosmetic. 
it's all cosmetic, but it does kind of start feeling out like, you know, uh, I don't know. I kind of wish that there was more in game and less in the DLC stuff, but I don't know. That that could be the accelerated um, release schedule, like you are saying, and I'm just not used to seeing as much of it uh, so fast. So I don't know. Mm. I felt a little bit weird about that, uh, and particularly with the the new event quest that we're getting, that didn't give us really any details. They showed us a couple of rewards, and it's like it seems that the event quests are still going to be a little bit lackluster. Like, is that something that we both agreed on that? The, the events have been a little bit disappointing with the fact that we haven't gotten as many events, we haven't gotten as much quality of events as we had with World. So, yeah, yeah I I'm, feel a, I'm like- a little concerned with... I, I, I was, I'm kind of hoping that they just dump a whole bunch of event quests on the 3.1 update day. That would make me happy, but I'm kind of concerned with the wording of starting Yeah, on this date. It's like, if they do... If they only release, like, one... A week. And they're like, next week, we'll have... I'm like... No, man, like, just just give me all of them at this point. Like, don't yeah. do not do that. Like, I almost think that, you know, they did that in Japan before, but it was also, like, every single week, and there was, like, several. But, like, I almost like the way that they did it, like, for Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate in the West, where it was, like, one month, and they just they just gave you a bunch. At least you can ignore the game if, if that's what you're, you're going back to play it for. You can ignore it for a few weeks and then come back and, and really yeah. have a nice full day or two of grinding. It feels... I, it, th- yeah. that's the thing th- this is the type of game and and i think that this is also capcom like experimenting with it right because they're trying to you know navigate what is the best way of updating it once a week and i think that monster hunter is just one of those games that is better consumed in bulk like just give me a chunk yeah. of stuff boom and i'll do all of the things and i'll walk away from it happy and then i i'll be able to not play it for like two weeks or whatever and then you'll give me another chunk of things and then I'll go back in and just like do it's like it's not a game that lends itself to you just like, oh, I'm gonna go in there and do one event quest and I'm gonna get out. It just doesn't work. You wanna do more than that. It's 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 weird the way that they're doing it this time around. I don't I don't get it. I think it's just I think I think it's growing pains, right? They're coming off of a major release which had massive investment with Iceborne and the DLC and all that kind of stuff. And that was just like crazy, right? Um, in a good way. This feels more like a more subtle down to earth release and a little bit more, you know, uh, low key. So, but I think they realized that releasing new monsters and content worked really well for the previous game. But I, I, so I think they feel like, Oh, we should try to do it for this game, but I don't think they've quite found the balance because, like, I don't think they have the, I can't imagine they have the team size and the resources to be working on both the expansion and, which I'm assuming they're making, it's not confirmed, um, and do DLC at the same time. But maybe they just need to be more forthcoming about that stuff, I don't know. Because yeah. people's expectations are just like, this is this has to be run just like Iceborne and World, which was a numbered title release, I- and... Mm. I also think- I agree with you. The, the event quest they need they they really if there's any takeaway that I think that they need to fix when it comes to the next release, like like an ultimate release, it's that they really need to have more event, event quests, quests, more yeah. variety. I don't even care about the rewards. The fact that we just having quests where you can hunt two of one monster, or like you were saying, monsters in new environments. Like we've got camellias popping up in the. Uh, what did you call it? The brown brown map, as you like to call it. 
Um, but that's cool. Like the I like to see forest. the monster in new areas. <laughs> it does. It does so much atmospherically in the shrines that I would love to see how that's going to work with the forest. Maybe it'll be really pretty. That's kind of stuff that they should have did a little earlier and do more of. Um, so it's a step in the right direction, but it's not nearly as much as they should be doing. So I think yeah. they'll they'll get that feedback and hopefully they'll they'll make good on it. Um, but I'm not going to let that destroy my day. Yeah, but at this point, it's like they they're also too close to um, stories to stories too. too that just like dump too much on us. So I think they're also being careful yeah. about that. They're 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 leaving a clear runway for stories too, and it's like no, this is the month of stories too. You guys should be playing stories too, and then come back later, like in August or something. Where I think I'm hoping that there will be like a 4.0 update with a couple of new monsters and stuff, but I don't know if that's even going to be a thing. That that's what worries me actually to be honest is I don't know. Um at this point my expectations are are always set pretty low just so that I'm surprised. I think that the majority of people are expecting there to be a 4.0 whether it's the final update or not, but it seems like people are going okay, they're going to do a bigger like new monster update like at the near the end of this year. I sure hope they are because if they don't, there's going to be a lot of disappointed people. Yep. Um, because now with the with the wording of three, three point one, three point two, we got stories. It's painting this expectation and picture without actually saying it that there's probably something else to look forward to. Where it's not exactly clear whether or not that's the case. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm a little uneasy about that one. And if yeah. they walk into a tr- you know a landmine that they set for themselves, then so be it. Um, hopefully they'll learn from it or hopefully they have something planned. It'd be cool. I just, but I have see, no this, idea. And I, I, this is one of those I'm points where, home. where you and I most definitely disagree. Cause like, I think that, you know, if you're, if you're specifically, if you're saying we have stuff to talk about for monster hunter rise, I don't think this was enough, especially for an E3 presentation, the stuff that they announced for monster hunter rise, I really don't think it was enough. Cause like, look, we already knew about Tsukino. We already knew about the Rider layered armor. We knew all of these things. These, this is not new. So what did they really announce? They announced five event quests, four rewards, and, and a bunch DLC. of paid DLC. And then they showed us the, uh, what's it called? The, the roadmap. But the roadmap is, again, stuff that we already knew as well. Because like this roadmap looks different from the other one, but it's the same things written on there. The only difference is that now we know what's on 3.1. So essentially, they showed us 3.1. And 3.1 is, like I said, it's a five events. I actually think the roadmap is a mistake. I actually think the roadmap was a mistake. I think that it... I know what they're trying to do here, right? Which is try to tell you, hey, we are going to do some updates. You'll get a little bit of new stuff here and there, which is great. But one, they're coming off of a title where roadmap had much bigger implications. Oh, yeah. Two, roadmap inherently from the word itself hints that there's going to be bigger updates in the future, which of course people are going to want sooner than later. I just think it's not a good strategy to be going out with a roadmap or like this is a, I, they would have been better to just not even talk about it and just say, Hey, we're going to be adding some event quests at the end of each month or something like that. Like yep. it's, I just think making a graphic about it and showing it off is probably not the right move. So I I will agree with you on that one. Yeah. So so I think that you know for Rise I don't think they should have even 
I don't think that there's just enough there. The problem is, I think that a lot of companies, they just feel like, no, we have to do something during E3 when they don't. It's like you have to do something during E3 if you have something to show. Now, Capcom did have something to show, specifically the demo. Now, the demo is a banger. The demo, I do feel like, is newsworthy. Like, the demo, I think it's kind of worth it. Well, they should have spent more time, they should have spent more time on that. Yeah. And they should have gone in more detail with it, right? And then if, the thing is, I don't agree that rise should have been shown at all i think it's at the very end of the conversation to say hey and now just for some quick flash updates yeah. on some of our existing titles and they just say look as you guys know there's some stuff coming here's a little sneak peek of what it looks like that would be fine to me yeah and that's the way i kind of took it going into the conference like i wasn't expecting there to actually be news i thought it was just gonna be an update but i could see where people can it the way it was tweeted out it was listed to have like the same weight as rise which it most certainly did not so I, I I will, after sleeping on it, like I can get where they could have been a lot better on that. My expectations were, I didn't have any expectations for Rise, so I wasn't disappointed, but I can see why people could yeah, have gotten like, wrong. You have, you have an idea. E3, you have an E3 presentation. E3 is always associated with like, it's this big show. We're going to bring the big bombs. It's like when you go to E3, you bring like your big announcements, right? And so this is what I was telling you in the last podcast. Like, dude, it's going to be some big. Like, even I was thinking it's going to be something big because they, they specifically say Monster Hunter Rise right next to Stories 2. I mean, there's going to be something big there. And then there wasn't. And that's why people are upset. I mean, a lot of people also said Capcom didn't show anything. And it's like, well, I mean, that's an exaggeration. I mean, we had the demo. Uh, we had, the you know, uh, Ace. So you, 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 Ace Attorney. You have to let me thing. rant on this one. This 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 bothers me and, and I tweeted more than I should have about this yesterday. Oh yeah. I but saw there's, that. there was there was a, there was a sentiment about they could have just released this as a goddamn YouTube video. What the hell do you think this was? Yeah, this was This was, was a not a video. physical event in Los Angeles. You did not invest money and time to fly there. You did not like oh, they didn't have to have a conference. It's not a conference. It was yeah. a video. It was literally a video. Well, well, well I would have I would have appreciated they just had nothing on the schedule for 30 minutes because they wasted my time. Huh? Like, okay, like, one, they had here's, some new stuff. Here's, here's the Did thing. Did it need to be 30 minutes? I don't think so. I think that it went on longer than it should have. Stories is their next big game. It comes out in a less than a month. E3, I'm sorry, people had the wrong idea. E3 used to be the huge trade show in which huge announcements were made. It's been changing for years, as Jeff Keighley has been trying to tell people. Digital media, self-marketing is much more predominant, and it's more of a recap of stuff that's coming out. And so, like, the course they're going to focus... They just released Village, right? They just released Rise. They're just about to release their next big game. I know people think that this is a weird little small spin-off game, and it's... No, this is a big game, World uh, Stories 2. They talk about it. They show a brand new trailer. They announce a demo. They should have spent more time on it. But to sit there and say... They shouldn't have even had a show. They should have just released a YouTube video. To me, it's like that shows a general misunderstanding um, of what the hell just happened. The thing here is both you and me, and this is one of the reasons why I didn't even I didn't even talk that much about whether or not Capcom showed something, but both you and me were exposed to a specific community, and that is the Monster Hunter community. So we have a tendency to see things from people that are fans of Monster Hunter. So naturally, when you go into a presentation like that, 
And the game that you want to see is like a very small section because, you know, they talk about Resident Evil 8. They talk about um, Ace Attorney Chronicles, which obviously people that play Monster Hunter, like 80% of them don't give a crap about Ace Attorney Chronicles, right? That That's not their game. Then they show Street Fighter, a big, big section of Street Fighter V. And it's like, I'm somewhat interested in that because I do enjoy watching some of those streams, like the, the fighting game uh, community streams, because it's always interesting to see like the two players. Like, I just think that is interesting because, um, you know, the competition between two players in a fighting game is always something that I'm curious about. I'm, I'm never going to be good enough to be a part of one of those, but I do like watching people play that every now and then. Like, I mean, you know, even even if you think back, every, you say the words Daigo Perry, everybody knows what you're talking about. Even if you don't like fighting games that much, everybody knows about the Daigo Perry, which was an amazing moment in the fighting game community. You know, sometimes there are interesting moments in those matches, the turnarounds and whatnot. So I'm somewhat interested in that. So I get it that they have to promote that and talk about that. But again, that's another title. So it's like Ace Attorney. Most people that play Monster Hunter don't give a crap about Ace Attorney. Most people that play Monster Hunter don't give a crap about Street Fighter. And most people that play Monster Hunter don't even give a crap about Resident Evil. So it's like when you take that into consideration and there's like, I don't know how much it was, it was like 30 minutes or whatever of a show. And then your game was like five minutes because some of the people that play Monster Hunter Rise don't even care about stories too. So to them, not even the stories two segment matters. It's just that little bit with the five events from Monster Hunter Rise. So I can understand that you and me, we see a lot of that feedback because that show is a Capcom show, not a Monster Hunter show, so it's normal. People are probably expecting something like, oh my God, it's gonna be like uh, you know, one of those specific shows that we get for Monster Hunter, except bigger, because it's E3. So it's like, no, it's nothing like that. But what I'm saying Honestly. is that even in that context, to me, I feel like what they've showed of Rise was very, very little. Very, very little. I agree with you. I, it, I it, totally agree if, on that. If, if they had said just stories too and then included the rise bit kind of like as a footnote it would have been better it would have yeah. been better i agree and they should have spent more time on the demo they should have more confidence yeah. in the, uh, stories like, too. so whoever here's, here's whoever on their thing. marketing team decided to limit it that was a bad move it's their next big game and they need to treat it as such but they did do something cool they did a q a before the show that was really cool did you see that no i did not see that yeah, there was a Q&A before the show where they asked stuff uh, to Ichinose and Ryozu. And Yuri was the one recording for Ichinose because they weren't able to get him to do a video or whatever. But it was interesting because they had some some cool questions and whatnot, uh, some trivia questions for them. And, you know, obviously Ryozu got to say that the hammer is the most fun weapon. Do you know what what's, what's Ryozu's favorite hammer move? The spinning bludgeon. I mean, I know that... I. Yeah, because I know he liked to launch players, but I mean, he just likes goofy moves. No, his his thing was the spinning bludgeon. I was like, oh, it's not the impact crater. <laughs> no. And guess guess what is Ichinose's favorite silk mine move? For which weapon? Doesn't matter. Just his favorite silk mine move. It's the Earthshaker. Earthshaker, yeah, because he's a hunting yeah. horn main. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, that, so those things I thought were in in a lot of That's ways. Cool. Even I have more, not seen that yet. Yeah, that that was maybe even more interesting than the the news that we got for Rise. So that was cool that they did that. They did that like ten minutes before the show actually got started. So that I really liked. But yeah, the the whole Rise thing, I just feel like it wasn't properly planned, which is why people's expectations were through the roof. And you and me just happen to see even more of that than most regular people would. So yeah, that is what it is. Like I I. I will say I totally agree with you on Rise. Um, it's a presentation method, and I think they probably could have did that better. Yeah. Um, as far as this whole sentiment of if you don't have a new game to announce, don't come to E3. One, this come to E3, I think, is overblown and romanticized. Literally, it was 30 minutes of your time. It was a YouTube video. Maybe you... I. I'm a little biased because I did not wake up early for it, and some people around the yeah. world did, and then and they yeah. were jaded, and I get that, and I get that. They stayed up late for it. I also think that there's a type of naiveness in people about what E3 has become, and how the industry has been changing, and the current global situation. It's like you're looking at the disappointment in the Capcom thing. This is something that's echoed in a lot of the press conferences of oh, E3 yeah. this year. A hundred percent. So it's not it's not exclusive to E3. And for me, the writing has been on the wall since last year, and I don't understand why people aren't reading it on the wall. It's like middle of global pandemic, things are slowed down. The fact even first party is having problems getting the next generation off the ground. This is not going to be a powerful E3 where Unreal Engine just finally you gave know what their I, int. You want to know like what I also think ago. it is? It's too early. Last year there wasn't what one. I know. So people are like, "Oh, is this going to be big this year?" Oh, yeah, as if the global pandemic is over. No, I'm, like, I'm just. No, it's on, it's not. It's not people thinking that it's going to be big. It's people wanting it to be big. I myself, I, know, I want it to like, be big because it's like we didn't have one last year, and it's like you know, it will it's never been be a while. big again. Yeah, I hate that's, to bring it to you, but it will never be big again. But ever. that's the thing. the The problem is the way in which they presented it this year was so bad. That I just think it shouldn't happen again, period. I mean, my, my whole thing is that E3 I think it's brand has been, has been over for a while. I yeah. think people, as digital marketing, and I think Nintendo Direct is one of the hugest contributions to the downfall of E3. And this, is, this oh, reminds yeah. me of a conversation me and you had about printed magazines and printed media dying. There's like no news in Famitsu anymore. I don't even buy it every Thursday because there's nothing in there. It is literally just a recap of the websites that were updated the night before. Yeah. Um, there's nothing because media is just changing. And the way that when people realize that digital marketing on their own terms works better than trade shows, trade shows go away. And so it just so happened that the, de you know, E3 died several years ago. Like there wasn't a huge, it wasn't the right venue. It was, there was oversaturation. Um, so there was, it's I mean easy to get your news lost. It was expensive. It wasn't better than digital marketing. And then on top of it, here's, we have a pandemic, right? Here's so it's the like thing. people are like confusing it. I think that E3 died because they didn't get with the times. Because exactly. And that's why Jeff Keighley said, screw you guys. He's like, yeah, you but, guys are old school, old men in a room who don't understand how marketing works in 2020 or 2019. And But the thing is, that's know. not that's not about the, the trade shows because... Uh, I've I've been to E3 and I've been to another trade show which is Gamescom which is in Germany. Uh and let me tell you cuz I this is something that I tell people and they don't believe me for whatever reason, but I always tell people like look, E3 
it, it has all of this fame and all of this thing of it being the big show. Gamescom is bigger, better oh, yeah. organized, better. and overall just a better experience. Gamescom is way better than E3. And that's the Chinese it's, game it's shows a, are much better. It's still a trade show. So it's not like trade shows can't work. Trade shows can definitely work. The problem is the people organizing E3 are fucking stupid. Oops. It's been a it's been a it's been a bad trade show for years. Yeah. yeah. And when you start getting oversaturation, inflated cost, outside of first party, nothing big was happening, right? So I mean, Im- imagine, then you gotta consider like Imagine going so, from being how, a, how does it a have media the- show. Just going from being a media show to suddenly, oh yeah, we're just gonna bring public in. What? Have you planned for this? No. It's like, because here's the thing. People think of E3, because I know, because I used to think the same thing before I physically went there. You think of E3, it's like this one giant party where there's just like games. That's not what E3 is, okay? E3 is like, there is a show floor and people do go to the show floor. But let me tell you something. Ain't nobody sitting in no goddamn eight-hour queues that I I remember, because like the first year that I went there, there were people literally sitting in an eight-hour queue to go watch a Destiny 1 video. A Destiny 1 video. A video! To sit in like a little, a small-ass theater to watch a video of Destiny 1. It's like, this is not normal. That is what E3 is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I don't understand how the E3 branding, how it still has the power and expectations and weight that it does. So people are like... E3 means that you're supposed to have the big bombshells, the big announcements. And it so is like, yeah, supposed first to be. Party, it, it, yeah, I, but I like, still think it should it be hasn't that been. way. Yeah, it hasn't it been. It should be, but it hasn't been. But and it so should like, be. That, that's when people say, well, Capcom made the mistake of not announcing a new game, so they shouldn't have showed up. One, they make it sound like I don't think they went you to have a venue. To announce. They didn't. It was a YouTube video. Like, really? Yeah. Like, is it such a bad crime that they had E3 showcase instead of June showcase? Like, I think that's hype hyperbolic like i think it's just i think it's taking someone's disappointment and dialing it to 20 and i think it's kind of crazy but i can i can understand where people are coming from that's the thing i can understand and i myself was somewhat disappointed next year they're going to be very very disappointed next year because e3 e3 of the past no because next next year i don't think that there there needs to be an e3 next year because like after the the feedback that companies are going to be getting from this event like i think the only companies that are going to get any positive feedback is probably going to be microsoft like microsoft did a pretty good presentation you underestimate how stubborn and old way of thinking corporations are they're gonna they're gonna try to keep this alive like they've been doing with tokyo game show has the same issue it is a bore fest for the last few years there is nothing new announced there's, it's literally waiting in, you can't even wait in line for a game now. The tickets to line up for a game are gone within the first five minutes of the show. So if yeah, you don't yeah. line up at 4 a.m., you're not playing anything. And if you line up for one game, you're not going to play the other. So the point of the show is kind of pointless. Yeah. Um, same thing with Jump Festa, stuff like that. You're better off just sitting at home watching videos. And honestly, I maybe i'm thinking people are overprivileged but sitting at home and watching a 30 minute video and being like yeah is not the same as flying out to an event having press get into a room book hotels and then being really dis- disappointed because you were told specifically that it was a reason to be there 
E3 was always just a thing saying, like, look, if we're going to have all the press in one place at one time anyways, let's just do everything then because then the press could actually go to all of our conferences. It was a physical thing, and physical media is just dying away. It's just how the world is. It's not cost-effective. Here's the thing, um, and this is like, you know, beyond the point of whether or not E3 is worth it. I, I don't think that this particular E3 overall was worth it. There were a couple of interesting news that came out of it, but, you know, the... The amount of time that I personally invested, for instance, live streaming all of these events and doing commentary throughout all these events, like I don't feel like, you know, it was I'm sure that the people in my stream, some of them at least were probably entertained by all of the stuff and some of the funny things that we were saying along the way and whatnot. And it's kind of like a show that I'm also putting on in a way. Right. So from that aspect, sure, it's still cool. But I can't I can't hide like my disappointment over the fact that there were a lot of things you know, a lot of presentations that I just saw that I was like, oh, okay. Like, for instance, to give you an idea, today I had planned on streaming the Bandai Namco presentation because in the schedule they it's just have... single. It's a single game, right? Yeah. They, they have in the schedule two, at 2.25 p.m. Bandai Namco Entertainment Inc. And I'm like, okay, cool. They can talk about Scarlet Nexus. They can talk about Elden Ring. They can talk about all of these games. What is it? And then suddenly, right as I tune in, they're like, oh, yeah, House of Ashes. And I'm just like... You're just going to talk about this one horror game? That's it. And it was like an interview, less like 10 minutes or something like yeah. that. I was like, wow. Okay. Like, is he, yeah. that's disappointing, right? That's the problem. There's, there's a lot of presentations this year that were disappointing. And then you look at, for instance, Monday, this was the biggest insult to what E3 is supposed to be. Six hours of people just talking? Like, what? What? Are you crazy? There's a Verizon panel? Like, what is this? An Intellivision panel? Like, what is going on in this show? See, that's, that's the thing. Like, I don't, and, and you have to wonder, like, what was ESA thinking when they came up with this schedule? Yeah, sure, let's put Verizon and tell... They're just, you can tell that they're just like mega desperate. They're like, we don't know. We don't have anything. Verizon wants to put on, sell them a slot cheap, sell it cheap for yeah. them. And down goes Verizon. And it's like, you go to the Twitch chat. If you were go to the Twitch chat, it's just everybody spamming the emote resident sleeper, which is just the dude sleeping like this. <laughs> like <laughs> that's what, that's what everybody was doing on there. Just like spamming that the whole day. I was like, this is like, I'll, I will say, look, the, the timing window will never change. Like June is always going to be a good month for tech because it's a good timing from a marketing standpoint of one, reminding people what you have coming up for the fall, setting up your holiday season, especially trying to set investor expectations before the end of the fiscal. So I think the timing is still good. I think E3, the, the organizers suck. I don't yeah. think E3 will ever be what people think it used to be it's that's over like gone like forget about it so i think if anybody tunes into an e3 stream it's just a company putting out a 30 minute or one hour video I like don't expect a lot especially this year like i'm just like this is I what also they, gets me right like you get capcom is nailing it and then like it's so obvious that they're, they don't have anything big to announce this year why would people get so like they they have three huge games this year how are they going to have another huge game ready to show this year in the middle of a pan? I just don't. I wasn't I expecting was like, a, I mean, I would have liked Dragon. Dragon's Dogma was like the dream scenario, obviously. But it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't think they needed a new game. But 
I think they needed more than what they did for Rise, is what I'm saying. Otherwise, don't even yeah. talk about Rise. Just make it a footnote or something. And then just focus your presentation on stories, too, a little bit more. That would have been P- cool. Yeah, I mean... But, but so ultimately, here's yes. the... I'm not, I'm not going to... Look, I was hyped for the stories trailer. I thought it was great. Do I think the overall presentation was lackluster? Hell yeah. I'm not an yeah. idiot. Like I, like, I can admit that it was like, meh. Did I stay up late for it? No, because I had my expectations tailored low. So I'm biased. I'm not, you know, if you stayed up late for it, I feel bad for you. I also would say, why did you do that? Like, why would you have assumed? I was streaming that? it. But, you know, that's, <laughs> but like this, it's just this over exaggerated, wasted 30 minutes of my life. Uh, yeah, you should have not- never shown anything. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't even show up. You have, you have nothing to show. I'm like, they just showed a trailer for their next big game and they had some announcements. They had stuff. They just didn't have enough to carry yeah. the weight to to demand people to see, go that's, see it but that's live. The, they could That's the point that people are making. They had stuff. They just didn't have enough for what but we But why can't they make be... that point without going full hyperbolic? Why do they well, have to be like, I mean, hey, they should have never showed this, up. It's like, God because this damn, is the extremity. Internet. Like, you know, I have so many people that sometimes go on my videos and maybe the video is like eight minutes and they're like, you could have you could have made this video in three minutes, and I'll be like, "Shit, I could have done it." In, damn, <laughs> I'm so sorry yeah, today. They, wait, it's just they, coming they, up. Literally, they literally had nothing to show. I'm like, no. they literally showed new shit. So yeah. like, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, um, stories like we didn't see anything new. Yeah, you saw a lot of stuff that new. You're not you're not the let's, target audience. Let's not get anyway. Enough to, negativity. Yeah, ro- stories and, 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 too. I'll just say, look, disappointing overall conference. Yes. Looking forward to what they're doing in the coming years. Hell yeah. Look at their track record. The last five years have been just hit after hit. I have every faith in them. Um, so I'm not going to insult the company that's been entertaining the hell out of me for the last four or five years, especially during pandemic year where no other company is being able to pump out games like they have. Disappointed? Yes. If you were disappointed, I get you. I'm with you. Am I hyped for stories too? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I... I went in with my expectations, so I'm happy, but I'm not I'm not blind. I'm not going to say it was a great show, but uh, I also think people need to wake up and realize that E3 yeah. is exactly as Jeff Keighley was saying. It's It's been over for a yeah. while. I think that uh, what needs to happen in the future is basically they just need to get rid of ESA. Like ESA is just a waste of space at this point. And the E3, yeah. as we know it, like is all, is like... I don't know if this is just because I like the shows that Jeff Keighley puts on because I know that there's always this negative image that people seem to have around Jeff Keighley for whatever reason. You know, there's been the memes in the past, of course, of the Doritos and the the Mountain Dew Throne and all of that stuff. I think he's been putting on some good shows with the Video Game Awards. And I think that what needs to happen is the big publishers just need to coordinate with him so that he does what he does instead of like you know there's the summer game fest and then there's the e3 it's like no look publishers just need to realize that jeff Keeley has his finger on the pulse as to what at least people like want i mean due to the simple fact that you ask anyone what was the biggest reveal of e3 and i will guarantee that 90 percent of people will say elden ring there's like yep. the biggest scoop of V3, Jeff Keighley had it. Well, I think he has yeah, a good E3. idea. I think he has a good idea of what people expect from an E3. 
So I feel like publishers should, should just coordinate with Jeff Keighley and just have him do the show. And ESA will just become irrelevant by nature of not having the scoops that people want. And then ESA can have their own show with Verizon and Intellivision and all of this other nonsense that they're trying to do with like six hours of people just talking to a screen when what we want to see is trailers and gameplay. It's like <laughs> yeah, I'm going to warn you all, like once this pandemic is hopefully over, knock on wood, don't book a flight to come to Japan to see the Tokyo Game Show. One, it's not what you think it is. Two, it's just as boring as E3. The only the good thing about e, uh, Tokyo Game Show here is is a chance to see friends. It's a chance to you know like for industry colleagues to meet each other and and talk and have meetings. It's a great opportunity for that. Um, that's about it. Like they, there's not big announcements. There's not big streams. They're trying to do like the Tokyo Game Show live, and it was crap. And you can expect it to be crap. It's it's a good timing again to just remind people what you have for the holidays because it's in September. But like the days of like the big game show being the big beats of like when we're gonna get like the the bombshells. I think it's over. Yeah, but I think um, I think that there's a, a positive aspect of having the whole thing concentrated into one week of the year where it's like this week is where the biggest announcement happens because it makes it easier for, you know, at least for people like me, for us to, to cover this thing. Because like, look, I'm a one man operation when it comes to covering yeah. this stuff. And it's like, you can't expect me to like be covering things and creating regular content. And then on top of it, keep tabs of, cause like, I don't, I don't remember. I think it was 2019. There were like fucking 50 different game shows that were happening in the in in like one year and i'm just like okay dude yeah there's a limit all right and 50 is maybe too much okay 50 different events throughout the year for different video games you're crazy i remember i missed out yeah. on a lot of stuff that year because i was like i can't keep up like there's an event here then two weeks from now yeah. there's another one and then there's no that's terrible that's terrible for the industry as a whole because then those things come out and they have like zero impact there's no impact because nobody's paying attention. Whereas if you have yeah. all the big announcements concentrated into one week, it can be a digital event. It does not have to be an in-place trade show or anything like that. It can be a digital thing. It just has to be properly organized and it cannot yeah, so be I organized think, by the ESA. Yeah. It, I think everyone needs to go gone. with Jeff Keighley for next year. Yeah. Jeff needs to run the show because the only benefit really of doing a show is like you were saying, is not only just to space it out, but to make sure Companies are not calling each other and saying Capcom's not calling Konami, being like, "Hey, you're not going to be announcing anything at 2 p.m. that day, are you?" Like, nobody's you need someone calling to organize Konami. To make sure <laughs> <laughs> you need to you need to organize a way that people are not doing their things on top of each other because it's yeah. not good for either of them, right? Uh, and that's exactly what Jeff would do. So I, I hope yeah. he I hope this summer game fest becomes a thing, and E3 can just die off like the puppy it is, and yeah. we'll move on. Yeah, I, I think I think that's something that we can all agree. I, I don't think anybody wants to see a repeat of what the ESA has done this year. I think it's pathetic. I think they do a terrible yeah, job. Yeah, but I of think I think the brand name, you know, the brand name E3 needs to get shat on. I think people need yeah. to stop thinking that it's 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 like what it was in 1990 or something. Yeah, it's, like, it's not the same. Yeah, E3. So, wake up. At this point, it's like after what happened this year, definitely it's like forget about it. They have zero credibility moving forward. Like that's it. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk about uh, some of the other things that we still didn't address, yeah. which is the day we had Nintendo Direct. Yes, I actually ended up, I did not plan on watching it because I thought I was going to be asleep. 
but I was busy playing Monster Hunter with again with Yuna, uh, which we'll get into, I'm sure, some more Rise talk. And so, like, it just so happened that we were getting out of the shower on a school night. I know that I'm I'm, I'm very irresponsible as, a, <laughs> as an adult, as a father, um, at 1.30 in the morning. So we were watching it right before we went to bed. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's go into the Nintendo uh, conference. You can take us away. So I don't remember all the things that Nintendo showed because I only have interest yeah, yeah. in about three titles that they showed they showed a lot of really cool yeah. stuff though uh i know that there's a game that a lot of people are super excited for i don't have the nostalgia for this game which was advanced wars they like re remade advanced wars and they merged it together with advanced wars one and two and i was like okay that yeah i saw a lot of people like excited about that and I, I had to google it and like youtube and be like i don't even know what this game is i was like oh it's not my type of game but that's cool people are happy yeah. people are super happy about that so that was cool uh, they brought Kazuya from Tekken to Smash, which uh, <laughs> was also cool to just see Kazuya just bringing people, dropping in the, into the volcano, drop, and then he drops Kirby, and Kirby just like floats away. <laughs> just, but it, but it, but it, he goes away. That was cool. But uh, the games that I am very, 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 very interested in are Metroid Dread. You see oh, that? like the the old the old the school old like school next. Metroid. So yeah. I gotta ask, like they showed something like Metroid Five, like right, is yeah, is that's this it. Metroid Five. It's Metroid Dread, yeah. Okay, because I was really confused by two titles. I'm like, wait, what are they talking about here? Yeah, but it looked like old school, like it's, it's an old school Metroid, Metroid but it's basically. but it seems like less like visceral alien and more like mechanical alien this time. No, maybe it's, Metroid's always been. I, I'm not a Metroid player, so I don't know. No, it's the I, the thing I played is, Metroid One. Okay, that was it. So the thing is that that is a um, that is a follow up to the last game that they did, which is Metroid Fusion, which I didn't play uh, because the Metroids that I played, I played Metroid Prime. Those are the Metroids I played. But um, I they, played Metroid on the Nintendo Entertainment System. That was it. So. <laughs> But uh, there's Metroid Fusion, and this one is the sequel to Fusion, and apparently that's why Samus's suit is different than what most yeah, people yeah. know, right? But in this place that Samus is, there are those robots. There's also the the usual aliens and all of that stuff, but there's also yeah. these robots that follow her around. And it's actually interesting because it gives a, a whole vibe of almost like a horror mix into the, the usual Metroidvania that you get from that. So, you know, it's just that thing, and... I don't know. I've, I guess I good. I wanted to play one of those. Like I, I played a little bit of when they did uh, Metroid Samus Returns or whatever it was, which was a remake of Metroid 2 or something that they did for the 3DS. Played a little bit of that, and I thought that was pretty cool. So I'm happy that they're putting one on the Switch, and I'll happily play the crap out of it. Uh, then there's Shin Megami Tensei Five because <laughs> I like Persona, and I never played a Shin Megami Tensei game, so I'm interested in that. <laughs> Uh, I, I just because I'm not I'm not into the series, but we were watching the trailer and it was so batshit crazy. I'm like, this yeah. has to be an Atlas game. <laughs> and it's the first thing out of my mouth was, I think this is an Atlas game. And then you and I was like, what the hell? She's like, this is so they they say say maniaku, which means like super nerdy, super super otaku. Like like wow, yeah. this is like I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is the stuff that they're good at. And then it was Megami uh, Tensei. I was like, okay, yeah, I called it. Okay, but um, I was like. People who like that stuff are going to eat that up because it looks oh, just yeah, as bizarre yeah. and wacky as you as you would want it to be. So. And, and here's the interesting thing. This game, Shin Megami Tensei V, was a game that was presented on the reveal of the Nintendo Switch. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> People have been waiting for it for a while a now. A while. <laughs> it is funny as a Tokyo White scene, Tokyo destroyed. And, and it, it's really funny because I know all the locations that they're showing really well. So yeah. it's, it's it was pretty funny. Yeah, but that's uh, another one. And then obviously uh, Breath of the Wild too. I mean, come on. You can't skip over the, the, the Rise footage. They showed the baby Gameth. That was oh, E3. The, like, that was awesome. The That's not Rise. You keep calling it Rise. It's not Rise. Damn it. Why? I keep playing Rise. I'm so sorry. It's you've like decorations called, and You've charts. called stories to Rise about four times this show. <laughs> but I, think, I think we had seen Baby Gameth before in one of the other two trailers, didn't we? I thought we saw Gameth, but we didn't see Baby Gameth, like hatched from an egg. That little cute thing. I like, think we'd, just warm my heart. I think we'd saw him before, but yeah, it looked cool. And um, they showed more gameplay so in, the, um, in the Nintendo press conference, God, I feel like. so good. The gosh. one thing that I still don't know, and I really want to know, is how exactly does the co-op work? Is it going to be like an area yeah. when you finish the game? Can they replace your your companions? Like, what's the deal? Like, I'm super curious as to how mm. co-op work. And they haven't really fully explained it yet. I yeah, suspect I'm it's going to be like be a limited. couple of yeah, it's going to be limited with a couple of areas. That's what I'm because expecting. it's so story centric, and they're they're not having two characters in all these cutscenes. But uh, we also got some tweets from Capcom showing off like a little screenshot of the character creation screen for stories too. Mm. It looks great. Doesn't have a beard, I, I bet, because I seem to remember seeing something from Eric's waiting for that beard. Yeah, yeah, Eric's had a really happen. funny show. Like here you guys go, and I love Sox's tweet and stuff about. Like, I think Yuri and all them were having really fun saying, like, oh, the Palamute hatching from an egg. <laughs> and Socks had the video of the dog going, like, <laughs> Yeah, Palamute hatching from an egg is kind of weird. But so uh, Breath of the Okay, so Breath of the Wild 2. This is a game I'm very excited for. Um, and this is everything is playing out exactly how I predicted a few yep. podcasts ago, which yep. is, I said. 2022 said, with the Switch not, Pro. Yep. Yeah, I said they're not announcing Switch Pro this year. There's no way in hell. It makes no sense. They'll do it in the summer alongside Monster Hunter Rise Ultimate. They'll get the initial stock out. They'll have them on the shelves for holiday season for like an October release of Breath of the Wild 2. Right before yep. holiday shopping season. It'll be perfect. It makes perfect sense I that was, they would release. Gameplay uh, looked great. I want to get your opinion on this because I, I suck at predicting Zelda stuff because I'm not that well-versed in Zelda. But is there a possibility that Link is going to have an adventure up in the sky and Zelda is also going to have her own adventure in the underground as a playable character? Because she falls down a pit in the trailer. And I was getting vibes that she'd be a playable character just from the fact that they've made her more active and badass, especially like even in the Musou they're showing her. Like they show her falling down underground and, and like the whole hint of the first trailer was like underground. But then all of a sudden this time they're like, oh, we're going up to the sky. I'm like, so is Link going to be in the sky and she's going to be underground? Or like, am I reading too much into this or what? I think I want playable Zelda. I think you're reading too much into it. I think Link is going to be the only playable character, but I'm not sure. Damn. Um, the... I mean, I, it's not like I'm a big Zelda connoisseur or anything like that. Uh, the Zeldas that I've played was uh, Twilight Princess, played a little bit of Ocarina, never really finished it. 
Uh, and yeah, in Breath of the Wild, so it's not like I'm the most knowledgeable Zelda player, but in, in, in Princess, uh, in Twilight Princess, you would sometimes control Link as a wolf, but no, I don't, I don't think that you're going to be controlling Zelda. Uh, you do control Zelda in the Muju though, but that's a different thing altogether. Sad face. Because like in in the previous Muju that they did, because this was this Hyrule Warriors is like the the second one that they have. The they had another one before that. You also controlled Zelda and a bunch of other uh, characters from Hyrule. Those are the best mm. Muju games, though. Like out of all the Muju you games, say Muju, that I've, do you, are you saying Muso or? Is that not how you say it? I've you always said, heard people say Muju. Am I wrong? No, it's Muso. 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 Okay. Yeah. Muso. So yeah, the um, I'm talking Musou. But all the Musou games, okay. like the the Hyrule Warriors ones, are always the ones that I've liked the most. So yeah, it is kind of interesting that they're showing off Skyward, and then they're showing off that Breath of the Wild Two is also in the sky. I'm kind of like, are isn't this like conflicting concepts? Like they're both in the sky, or from someone who doesn't know a lot about the games, right? Like I'm like, it kind of seems like both of them are just sky related, which I was kind of like. Mm. I was kind of hoping you have no idea but, how scared I was when I saw Link free falling. Because when you see a, a, an image like that, the first thing that comes to mind is, "Oh no, it's a battle royale! Please don't, don't do this." Uh, <laughs> yeah. Imagine a battle royale, Zelda. No. I mean, because I have my interest in trying. I never played Skyward Sword, but my interest died the second they talked about the amiibo. I was like, okay, I don't. What amiibo? Maybe people were overreacting, and I and I paid too much attention to the angry internets. But like, apparently in that game, you switch between like going up to the sky and going to the to the world below. Apparently, and I guess the original game. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I never played. I don't know. I never I played the, the original, original game, game either. There was like very specific spots where you could travel back up to the sky, and that was a huge part of the gameplay. And it was tedious, right? Like you had to get to like a certain town in order to get back up to the sky and there was a lot of backtracking and stuff. So it made the game droggy and drawn out. So they said in this game, you'll be able to jump up to the sky anywhere you want uh, at any time you want by using the $30, $40 Amiibo. And it's not, it's a quality of life feature that seems like fans wanted it in the game. Um, and it's a quality of life that's linked to an expensive physical product that's going to be impossible to get anyway. So, and it's like, when I saw that, I'm like, if this was a feature that people are saying was droggy in the original and it, it it sounds like it's a good improvement, but then they're locking it behind, you know, something that scalpers are going to be going after. I'm like, I'm not interested. Like that just makes it sound like the original game is going to be droggy. Maybe someone in the comments below, if, if people are just overreacting and it's not that big of a deal, like maybe yeah, the business practices is crappy. Right. But like from a gameplay perspective, if it's not a big deal, let me know. Because when I saw that, I immediately lost like I had no interest. I was just like, okay, well, I'll just look forward to Breath of the Wild too. But um, looks good. I was hoping they would show a little bit more, but the gameplay looks varied. It looks interesting. But new abilities look crazy. I imagine people are going to do some crazy ass stuff with it. <laughs> um, but I'm not expecting that until holiday next year, alongside yeah. the next version of the Switch. So that's good. Keep it in the oven. Keep it cooking. Get away from my Monster Hunter Rise and my stories too. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, those are pretty much all of the shows. There is one conference that I haven't talked about that I want you to eventually watch because I'm sure you probably didn't watch it. 
Is this the one I was asking about? I don't know. Like, I keep reading that people said that there was a conference in which they didn't even talk about games, and it was Take Two, apparently. Oh, no, no, no. That's. Don't watch that. That's. Did they actually talk about games or no? I don't know. I didn't watch it. Like I told you on Monday, I almost didn't watch (laughs) anything because I would go to the channel. It's just a bunch of people talking, and I'm just like, no, this is not infomercials. Yeah. It's like, listen, people talking, that's our podcast. That's what we do, and we're entertaining, and people seem to appreciate that. People talking at E3, that's a different thing altogether, okay? Um, but uh, the um, the one that I want you to watch is the Devolver Digital press conference. Do you ever watch one of those? No, I'm, I'm going to note this down right now. Yeah, note, note it down. You, sh- you should watch that. Devolver, Devolver Digital. Digital. They're okay. a publisher. Event. So okay. what they do is they always keep their finger on the pulse to see what's the big thing that uh, the industry is doing. And then they make a huge satire out of it. <laughs> like that's their press conference. Like they show their games in the middle of that satire, but they're just like doing completely crazy stuff. Like to give you an idea, one of the things that they did during this press conference is they sold, and, and this is they actually did this, they sold a tape. You know how there's the the thing called the NFTs now, which are like these non-fungible yeah, tokens. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a weird thing, yeah. right? So they said, okay, so we're going to make the we're going to make our own NFT and it's this tape. And it's a it's a VHS tape. But what NFT means is non fuckwithable tape. Yeah. <laughs> huh? But they they have like this oh, whole show about like just basically making a whole satire of what some of the That's monetization. Yeah, it's a good laugh. It's it's friggin' hilarious. Okay. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's but it's amazing. It it is as far as I'm concerned the best press conference of the entirety of E3. Just like straight up, no other conference comes close to it. It's it's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, they're they're like um, a publishing label for indie titles and whatnot, which is weird because like, well, if they're indie, they're under a label. That's weird. But yeah, they they kind of yeah. like aggregate games that they think are going to be good, and then they publish those. And yeah, it's it's usually that's, pretty cool. That sounds fun. Yeah, they had some uh, some interesting games. They have uh, Shadow Warrior Three, Death's Door, and Wizards with Guns. These were three titles that I was like, these look kind of cool. I want to check these out. But yeah, that's the entirety of uh, of E3. So we we had our yeah. E3 special third fleet podcast, which was kind of light on the Monster Hunter content. But uh, I was, was gonna say, I was gonna ask, like, are you still playing Rise? Like, or what's going on? Because I, I I can go on forever talking about what I've been up. To oh, I'm game. still I'm still playing Rise, a hundred percent. Just today, I've been uh, trying to get back into the swing of things with. The gun lance, it's been very hard because like I did a couple of hunts with the sword and shield and I even put a tweet about about this because today I couldn't yeah. kill Volstrax it's a, it's without a, it's carding. A, it's, it's, a known, it's a known side effect of, of, of shield and sword is that it makes it hard to go back to every, any other weapon. It, it was like I could not kill Volstrax. I would always cart at least once and I was trying to record a video because, uh, you know, I, I did that uh, video today where I talked about, uh, I did a recap of all of the news that were talked about um, during the Capcom press conference. And I just wanted to have some B-roll for that video of me fighting Volstrax with a gun lance. And I got to the point where I was like, dude, I'm about to just equip a sword and shield and slap the crap out of this Volstrax, dude. Like, this is insane. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's being really frustrating to get back into 
um, the gun lens because I can't be as aggro as I usually am with Sword and Shield. That that and Sword and Shield and Valstrax is such a good matchup. Yep. Like, yep. if you're having trouble with that monster, try Sword and Shield. Focus on Shield. Just stay next to his face. It's a really good matchup. Like, it's much easier than the other weapons. And you'll have a fun time, I think. Pretty much. But yeah, I, I think but, I'm, I've probably reached that point in Rise where I think I'm going to be playing most of the time with Sword and Shield because I love the Gunlance, but it's just the drawbacks of the Gunlance are getting to be too annoying for me right now. The, so here's a question. Which Sword and Shield are you using? Which ones? Rampage. Rampage, okay. Pretty much just How are you specking it out? Uh, just for raw damage with Sharpness 1. So I would assume sharpness it's like one, yeah. non-elemental Two boost, sharpness one, and what's the thing that you can get on the on the third? I forget. I know that I have. Affinity so the first boost? one you get sharpness one. Yeah, affinity. Uh, what's called the yeah. uh, the one that gives the one that reduces a little bit of attack and gives you like a decent chunk of affinity. Twenty yeah. percent affinity. Affinity yeah. surge. Yeah, that that's the one that I'm yeah. rocking. Um, so yeah, I got what, that. What the uh, design are you using? Volstrax. Volstrax looks nice. good. <laughs> yeah, I'm using that with a. Uh, I'm using the Mizutsune fan. Of of course, it doesn't have a shield. Your sword and know, shield doesn't have a shield. Smacking people with my hand. <laughs> I did make the t the the Tigrex uh, sword and shield, and it is really nice as well. It is. I, I'm not a fan of the design, but the power behind that thing is just like oh. It's it it's a good. it's an absolute beast, but I think the rampage. I think the Rampage competes with it a little bit because I don't have oh, yeah. to deal with oh, the yeah. negative affinity and I still get the white sharpness. You just have to make sure to mm -hmm. use protective polish. I mean, you don't even have to use protective polish. No, really. I don't. I don't even use protective polish. Yeah. I use protective polish because I like to play suboptimally. So like I like to do perfect rush. I'll do perfect rush. Uh, Even okay. if it's not the most powerful thing, I'm like, I don't care. You perfect use rush. the blade. I'm, I, use, I'm using my blade. I, yeah. I mastered that timing for a reason. Exactly. Dude, I, I spent so long in Iceborne mastering perfect rush. You better believe I'm going to use it. But it is a very frustrating <laughs> move as well because monsters keep like shaking their head and I'm like, stop moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me hit you. <laughs> but, but when you nail it, it feels good. Yeah, it feels good. I also use the... Um, the the switch skill for sliding slash which is again mm. suboptimal but i like just jumping up and then coming is down it i the use shield. it i thought it was optimal the most optimal way is though. to basically unsheathe with um with a block button and then just spam the shield bashes you don't you don't uh, want to hit the monster with the blade at all unless it's um what's yeah, it called yeah. the the reaper's edge the final the reaper yeah, yeah. That, that's the only time that you want to be using. I think at least that's nah, the vibe optimal. Who cares about optimal? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I finally um, I finally redid my sets, and I tried to organize them and get rid of the ones that I wasn't using, and I, I ended up with about 82 sets. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just can't dwindle it down anymore. I don't know what to do. I just have too many sets. Yeah. Um, but I'm having a really good time. I think I have, like, over 20 final rampage weapons now i'm at like 550 hours and yuna just told me last night hey what do you think about going after all the gold crowns uh-oh i'm like okay that's a recipe okay. for burnout sure. <laughs> yeah i was like if you want to i was like but let's let's take our time with it and like we'll probably have to wait in for 
for like an ultimate version in order to get a bunch of quests that have like the large ones. And she's like, oh yeah, no, I'm just, you know, like just casually. I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm down for whatever. So we're, Jesus. we're still playing the game hardcore. Like we're just, we're think- just finding fun little challenges. Like I was doing things where I was fighting all mother and I was getting like the third wire bug. I was getting the push up from the wind and I would try to get up to the very top of the stage and get a really down, nice down. Yeah. I angle saw that of like, of like the dragonators and then you try to end it on like on one hit and it was just we're just doing how do you balls at this point how do you figure out when she's about to die because you nailed that like i know that kanta also sometimes goes and kills stuff with like snowballs and ice and i'm just like how do you figure out when exactly it's about to die you count the hits like what's what's the deal like a regular monster i find very easy because they can't i don't believe they can die from a mount so if they're blue and they're about to die, just mount another monster and, and smack the shit out of them and make sure your your pets are off so they don't kill it. And then they're going to be at one HP and then you can kill them. As far as Narwa and All Mother, it's just a feeling. It's like you just uh, You've just played that. And so there's much. a lot of failed attempts that you don't see. You only see the yeah. good clips, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not pretending to be really good here. Like There was plenty of hits that I did that did not kill her. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah, but me, we were having fun. Me, I'm just hooked on Metsu. I'm just trying to Metsu everything that I possibly like. I even Metsu things that make no sense because I get no advantage out of it. Like Rathalos comes in with a fireball, and I'm like Metsu for no reason. <laughs> it, you know what it's for? It's for that bidding sound. Yeah, yeah you, you hear the, you That's hear the dopamine cash, drip right there. The cash register yeah. sound. Ding, you're like, yes, that was me, baby. <laughs> it's so weird um but yeah i i think that um the thing i really got to start making videos though i think that the thing with you guys still going strong is that convenience like you're both in the same apartment you're just like hey let's uh let's just hook it up and go because like i think when you're when you're playing solo you start you start kind of weaning off of it a little bit faster oh, yeah. than when you're going. Oh yeah. I, I've never played a base game this much. People think that I put in like yeah. a thousand hours in base games. I don't. Yeah, exactly. I, I put in over a thousand hours in the ultimate releases, but never the base game. Yeah. So this is the most I've ever played a base game is because I'm with her. If she wasn't playing it, then I would, yeah, I'd be focused on making vi- nothing but videos right now, probably. But see, um, I'm just playing. I'm right now. I'm kind of conflicted because like, I want to play my main weapon, but at the same time, I can't play my main weapon because, you know, you, you look at the fact that it is the weakest weapon and the amount of, like, bending over backwards that I do to do the builds that I do for that weapon, and I'm just getting, like, incredibly frustrated where I can just, like, I can equip a sword and shield and put in whatever skills I want. Like, literally, it's whatever skill with- doesn't matter. <laughs> it's how I feel with Charge Blade, actually. It's, yeah, it's the same so thing. so much effort. There's so much effort it's that goes problem. into building it up, and the payoff does not equate the amount yeah. of effort that it takes. It's a fun weapon. It really is. But it's just not quite the payoff that I want. And it's just like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So right now, I'm I'm just like feeling myself moving further and further away from the gun lance because... I feel so bad because gun lance was overtook my lance usage, but yeah. now it's backwards again. Because yeah. I found I, I found how fun spiral thrust really is when you spam I hate it. Spiral oh my thrust. god. It is so fun. So I I'm like so spell. now I'm like I'm like fifteen hunts ahead of time now, like of, of gun lance. Like the lance is 
it's not the version of Lance I wanted, but I'll take it. I, like I almost, it. I almost feel bad for the amount of people that I. I mean, I always apologize whenever someone tells me like, "I got into Gunless because you," and I'm like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> it, Gun Lance is still super fun, though. It, I, it's, I really enjoy to it. me, it's still the most fun weapon. Like in terms of just like raw fun, it is the most fun weapon. Yeah, but it's a good base to build off of for the next uh, expansion game. I hope. I think they did a good job at the core. The problem always becomes, and this happened with World, and it happened with Iceborne as well, which is like, you're starting off, it's great. You get to the ending of the game, it's great. They start bringing in the new monsters that are faster and faster and faster, and it just like <laughs> completely falls off. Yeah. It's it's a serious problem. The thing I want most right now for Rise is, because I'm going to stop playing Rise, I think, uh, for the most part when Stories 2 comes out. Yeah, I'm that's, be pretty hardcore. Uh, I'll, I think I'll still play. I'll still play stories. It's going to be uh, then, but 10, 10, 10 days from now, dude. I know it's crazy, but um, <laughs> like uh, God, what was I going to say? Um, the thing I really want for Rise is like you know how like we had like the super bracky and the super ivory back in like three ultimate. I want like and Yuna's been talking about this as well. We want like super Narwa. Super Ibushi. We want like a really, really buffed up hard version of that fight because we love the fight so much and we, we want the challenge. So I'm like, give me Super Serpents and we're going to do it naked. You want? It's going to be great. You, you, you still challenge? haven't done the All Mother Challenge. No, I haven't. <laughs> you know, I think we've done it like, you know what I've been? Do you know, we've done it over 10, we've done it over 10 times already just for God the hell of it. Damn. We just keep doing it her naked because wearing armor now feels dirty. It's just like, we can finish it every time in like seven minutes. So it's like, let's just go naked all the time. It's the, um, you, you know what I've been doing this past week, right? I've been streaming almost every waking moment. So I haven't had time to do the all mother challenge, but I'll get to it. <laughs> I already know what weapon I'm using as well. Sword it's, and shield? Uh, yeah, yeah, sword and shield, of course. I'm saying I already know which sword and shield I'm using. It's going to be the ninja sword. Beat the crap out of that baby with ninja sword. 100% crit. You know what I did the other day? So the other day, I killed Ibushi. Then I went down to Naro and I was like, and I was just sitting there, I was like, hmm, I need a way to disrespect this monster. So I asked Yuna for an idea. And she says, why don't you kill it with the hunter's knife? Like the 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 first, like... 50 attack sword and shield that you get that like yellow sharpness horrible starter weapon i'm like oh yeah, that's good so i went back to camp with a farcaster i grabbed the beginning weapon of the game and i smacked her around and killed her used to that. <laughs> it was fun the ultimate disrespect <laughs> hey if, if you're looking to get challenged you should try killing chaos it's pretty challenging oh good god no after seeing you do if you <laughs> if you are having problems with it then i will just rip my hair out so i'd rather not I'll leave that to you, my friend. Uh, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. But crazy week. Uh, mad respect to everybody who stayed up late for all these conferences and covered it and did everything. Like, tip my hat to you. It must have been a frustrating week, but there was some oh, good yeah. nuggets. So hopefully we can focus on the good. Um, um, it wasn't all bad. I think if if people take one thing away from this podcast is look how me and Gaijin, we disagreed on a lot of topics. And... Guess what? End of the podcast. We're still just as good friends as we were before. 
and we're not like sending death threats to one another or screaming <laughs> at each other online guys just like no you're wrong dude you're wrong it's like how you can't be wrong about your opinions and your feelings you are always you know how you feel about something and you like it or you don't and that's it yeah and, it's like just try to make the internet a more positive place for everyone and like a lot of us didn't like um over the overall experience that was e3 there are some people that are okay with what was shown and that is fine for two different for a wide variety of people that have divergence of opinions at the end of the day we're all gamers and if yeah. you're listening to this show you're probably a monster hunter uh by and large when it comes to your gaming experience so just hunt some monsters have some fun and enjoy the things that you can because that's what matters yeah. don't don't lose your hair don't become old and gray like poor jeff Keeley. like good god that man looked old when i saw him without makeup uh. <laughs> Uh, so I, here's a really random question. Maybe you saw my tweet, but the there's a screenshot and a part in the trailer in which Enna from Monster Hunter Stories Two is like overlooking a huge like hole in the yeah, ground. I, like I saw that. Give give her twenty and wake the first stones. thing I saw. The first thing I thought when I saw it was like, oh my god, it's the Everfall. It's Grand yep. Soren. And I was thinking so hard how to make that joke. I'm like, do I say, do I put fake subtitles to say this used to be Grand Soren, or do I do I I just, I just like let's just give her twenty wake stones. Twenty and wake the people stones. People who get it get it. <laughs> she needs to get out. <laughs> give her twenty wake stones so that she it was so that she could, you could go fight Grigori right when you get the twenty wake stones. That's what you can do. Yeah, yeah, you can go fight Grigori. So Capcom, fair warning, twenty twenty two. We are expecting E three. We are expecting Dragon's Talk to announce. Actually, the, there's Please. there's a bunch of Everfalls if you think about it like that in stories too. It's all yeah. those Ray Rage Ray, Ray Rage oh, Rays Pits, whatever. Ray they, Raised or whatever the hell they're called. <laughs> rage Raised. The, the the frenzied monsters. <laughs> but um the good news is that um I mean, there's lots of good news, obviously, but uh, we have um, uh, we have selected a couple of guests for the next couple of podcasts that we think you guys are going to mm. enjoy. So uh, stay tuned for that. <laughs> that should, that'll be fun. <laughs> that'll be fun indeed. But uh, that is going to be it for today. Uh, sorry that there wasn't as much Monster Hunter talk as usual, but obviously there was a lot of stuff that we wanted to talk about E3. We had almost no notes today. We just wanted to kind of like hang out and talk about E3. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. We'll see you guys on the next one with uh, much more focus on Monster Hunter next time around. If you guys enjoyed it, hit up the like button. If you did not enjoy it, this like button feedback is always important. If you usually enjoy our podcast, subscribe, bell notification icon, all of that stuff. We'll see you guys on the next one. Stay strong. Stay safe. And good luck beating Chaos in the demo of the Final Fantasy Origins game. Don't do that. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>